deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock door it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, we are doing a very special late night recording. How are you feeling? The, the neon lights are on, the, the the bars are open, the what 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 else happens at night? What what what's the night vampires stuff? emerge. The vam the vampires are out. They're they're out and about in real life. Uh uh and and we're putting up garlic to keep the I'm mixing a, a lot of metaphors here now. Um but yeah special special nighttime episode yeah it's exciting i'm feeling um a little tired from my day but you know you just get a little hyped up at night so i'm ready to be to be a little hype we we, we can get a little hyped up we're allowed to drink now it's a little you know we could we could what what, what, what are you drinking what do you got what do you I, i've got a ginger lemonade kombucha mm-hmm. to go with my ginger lemongrass tea because you gotta Ooh. have a cold beverage, you have to have a hot beverage. You you are rocking the classic cold and hot. I am rocking um, the carbonated and non-carbonated. Oh, I see. I've got I've got my water. Got my got my big bottle of water, and then I have got um, Baja Blast Zero, which actually here. Let me let me. I don't know if Discord will pick this up, but my microphone will. Cracking a cold one. Nice uh, for this nice. for this. For a little caffeine boost, because you know it's it's after it's after working hours. We got a we got a little jolt of energy. If we're gonna cover everything, we got to get to in this episode. Absolutely. Um, starting off right at the top. Um, hey, it's been twenty five years since the Harry Potter books uh, came out. Wow. It's 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 the an, it's the anniversary. I only know this because I was at the grocery store yesterday and discovered that MuggleNet has physical publications. No way. Did you know this? No, Did... no way. Yeah. What? I I was in I was in the grocery store. I went to the checkout uh and there was like a little you know like readers digest size magazines, you know, like like the rack that they have with all the tabloids yep. and stuff. Yep. And they had one with a picture of Dumbledore on it and I was like, who the fuck what the fuck is this? What is, you know, what 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 on earth, what on earth could this be? And it was the MuggleNet of unofficial guide to the secrets of Dumbledore. Huh. And I wish that I had had a chance to get a copy of it or get get a picture of it or something, but I, I was it was already I was already too far ahead in line. Um, <laughs> but I went and looked this up, and if you go to their website, they now have a section called publications where. You can just buy physical copies of, I guess it's like the MuggleNet contents, like that their articles and and whatnot. Um, but it's it's wild, like like the physical almanac MuggleNet. Ah, oh, it's having a hard time loading on my end, which probably <laughs> means it's a well-trafficked uh, page here. <laughs> maybe oh, maybe here that's why they need the the physical versions. The website's dying. Yeah, they've got some unofficial um, uh, character compendium, spell books, 
Yeah. Magazines and digests. Well, yeah, see, you this, know it? this is what I saw was the one that was Harry and Dumbledore, the secrets of Dumbledore inside the world's greatest mind. Huh. Uh, this, this, this really knocked me on my ass, but they also had, had one that was like the 25th anniversary of, of Philosopher's Stones. That, that was, that was enlightening. I don't know why this seems like the line to me where I'm like, they've kind of had the <laughs> like performative, uh, allyship thing going on. But yeah. this seems like I'm like, now this is too far. <laughs> e- <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you are, like, selling guides at the grocery store that are just, like, uncritical, like, top 100 things you need to know about Dumbledore's ass or whatever, like, that's, that feels that feels a little that's, different to that's me. That's our publication. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my job. Number one, Dumbledore's ass is huge, and that's why Jude Law is always wearing those huge pants. Perfect. That's all you need to know about the secrets of Dumbledore. <laughs> Do you see? I I did not know this, but there's there's another delightful piece of news um, here on the side. Important dates today, Tuesday, June twenty eighth. Dobby's birthday today. Wow! Happy birthday, ha- Dobby! Happy birthday, Dobby! Uh, raise a raise a glass. Um, uh, we're we're recording on on Dobby's special day. That's probably why we had to delay recording. <laughs> That's the real reason we we delayed recording was to tell Dobby directly happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Thank thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm having a great birthday. Special guest star. I love that. (laughs) Third chair on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of doing funny voices. Yeah. JK Rowling. Got got this week. (laughs) Yeah. This, this is the most insane story. <laughs> Weirdly, I think the best article about this is from the Rolling Library website. Oh, yeah, I get that crap in my YouTube recommendations still. Still yeah. outside well, of active research. And it's always, they just drag up some random interview and it ends up in my, in my, my Rex, you know? I mean, I mean like, God bless them. Cause I think they're the only ones who have like the full, like, like Katie Couric and, and JK Rowling sparring match on their YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, 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 they're keeping track of all that stuff. But no, JK Rowling, I guess got hoodwinked by some like Russian like comedy youtubers and you know it it becomes clear in the article and then then if you if you watch the video that this this is in poor faith let's say but the fact that she fell for it at all is really the story here i think because they're really not hiding the joke you know what i mean like like this is not a, uh, like an expert like I- I- impersonator here um calling pretending to be uh the Ukrainian prime minister this is the, the this is just like two two stupid guys uh uh leading her on here does JK Rowling not have like a team of executive assistants that this stuff goes through first i wonder do you think they like maybe she did and they're just gone now Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine? Imagine if you were even before she like like started started really you know crusading uh, uh, in the in the in the media about uh, her like 
insane bigotry stuff. Like, it sounds like working for her was fucking miserable, right? Like, like <laughs> yeah. you just remembering, like, the story about the assistant who was getting sued and all that stuff, right? Like, yeah, well, I guess that's what happens. If you sue your assistant, you don't <laughs> yeah. have an assistant anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I could totally see her just, like, not having the firewall that, like, most celebrities would have at this point, right? I just, I don't, I would never imagine that someone with that much money would have any unfiltered contact with some random person <laughs> like like the, it, it's like a zoom call they just got her personal zoom somehow <laughs> um so the, the the article on the rolling library uh 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 goes as follows uh a russian comedy duo known for their prank telephone calls on celebrities such as elton john and former president of the united states george w bush uh, this time their victim was Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling due to J.K.'s support for Ukraine and the current conflict and the allegations that the duo are in some way state actors for the Russian government. It can be suspected that the author was a political target. No shit. Uh, uh, the prankster, claiming to be Zelensky, asked J.K. Rowling if it was possible to impose any sanctions on Russian actor Alexander Kutsunov, who played Helmet in the latest Fantastic Beast movie. Uh, I had to look this up. This is a very minor role. Like, I know, I don't think we, I had to look it up too, and I don't think that we mentioned Helmet even once in our, in our three hour Secrets of Dumbledore episode. I think Helmet was the, was Helmet the scary waiter? You know, I looked it up and I still don't know. <laughs> um, to which the author replied, Fantastic Beasts has been a very interesting experience. I'll certainly talk to people and see what we can do. Later on, they explained to the author that Harry Potter's scar looks like the Z symbol used by the Russians in their military vehicles and asked her to change it to the Ukrainian trident. Rowling took notes and said, I will look at that. It might be good for me to do something with that myself on social media, because I think that will get into the newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think more than anything, like that quote just encapsulates something crystal and perfect about this like that is jk rowling's fucking entire raison d'etre at this point like yeah yeah ugh. yeah i have nothing to add to that it is so evident um wow yeah but like, like if, if you if you go to the site if you if you go to the rolling library and like look at because they rehosted the video and whatnot like it really cannot be overstated how insane it is that she fell for this you can hear other people laughing in the background of the zoom call like <laughs> and and it's just these guys doing this, like a, like a very very put on forced fake voice like it's 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 ridiculous and they're asking all these absurd questions like just laughing at their at their shitty jokes like it's 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 unbelievable it is it is so incredible to see her Take, taking an, an immense L on this one, uh, in a way, like you said, I'm shocked that she doesn't have, like, a publicist that this would right. have gone through, whose job it would be to, like, make sure that this is, this is a real... <laughs> like, she thinks that, she thinks that <laughs> Zelensky has time to, like, call her? What the fuck? Like... Why would he want to talk to her right now? Why I would be... If I even if I was a billionaire, I feel like I would be suspicious if someone like ten rungs down the ladder in government <laughs> wanted to talk to me, right? Like if someone if 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 someone called me and said, "Hey, I'm the mayor 
of this town and I want to talk to you, I would be suspicious, right? Like, <laughs> the idea that that even... Oh God, I, I, I mean, I get it. I don't know. I guess I'm not, I'm not, I'm not J.K. Rowling. I'm not a billionaire author, but, like... I guess that's what happens when, like, people just treat you like you're God for, like... 25 years or whatever the fuck it's been right you're just like yeah. oh of course he would want to talk to me yeah you can't conceive of like you know people wanting to interact with you in, in bad faith right like mm -hmm. like just just cannot even imagine uh uh needing to self-select on that kind of thing i yeah um very yeah. funny couldn't have happened to a nicer nicer lady <laughs> This is really minor, but did you see there's another thing she's in the news for, but like local Scottish news? No. Like, like really, really petty, like neighborhood shit. Is it um, her hedge again? It, it's literally, yes. Or, or <laughs> not the hedge, but uh, this <laughs> JK Rowling in, ro in row with ramblers over right of way path. Harry Potter writer J.K. Rowling has been caught up in a row over roaming rights. Walkers and cyclists say they are being prevented from using an ancient right-of-way called the Captain's Road, which runs across forestry land owned by her husband's firm. <laughs> she really is just the worst. <laughs> uh, the, the walkers claim Thistle Lane Limited has put up no access signs, threatened to lock gates, stopped attempts to put in, uh, put in way markers, and even planted trees along the six-mile trail. Mountain biker Paul Collins said, we're now at the stage where we can't follow Captain's Road because of the actions of the landowners. So she's just doing, like, <laughs> like malicious compliance shit with this land that, I, I, if, I, if I understand correctly, it's like, even if you own this land, it needs to be publicly traversable, is, is my right. understanding, because it's like a historical, right. uh, historical land or, or something like that. Um, I don't know, just, what a... What a <laughs> What a nice lady, you know? Yeah, a... <laughs> she sounds like she's become an HOA of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah, that describes her, her perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I guess also, this, I'm just, I just had like a real checklist of stuff I was keeping track of uh, uh, when we moved the episode. Um, Tom Felton was asked a question about J.K. Rowling, like a press junket thing. Uh-oh, and... Tom, don't let me down. Well, so here's the thing. Tom did not get a chance to let us down here. Oh. Because, and, 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 and according to him and his publicist, this was not his people doing this, but, like, someone interjected and was like, go to the next question. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point in the recording, a voice off camera is heard saying, next question, please. Uh, the PR involved was not from Tom Felton's team, his representatives clarified. Uh, I, I guess the news channel just sidestepped this, maybe, would be my guess. Like, hmm. kind of nuts. Um, it's all happening. Everything's happening really quickly all of a sudden. Um, yeah. I would be... Very curious to see, I don't know, where, where, where's WB at? I feel like they've, they're, 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 they're pretty silent on uh, several problems happening at the moment. Um, that I would, they're, be... they're putting together their, um, DLC package for the video game. <laughs> oh, that's right. Fuck. I forgot about that. Another, another late breaking piece of news, the DLC 
for pre-ordering Hogwarts Legacy leaked. Um, and easily the best part of it is that it includes the Thestral mount, which I've got to wonder, is that is that going to be like, you know, the scary horse? Or is it just going to be like the invisible mount? Because you, it looks like... Invisible till you kill your first guy. You, you, I'm still, I'm still unclear on whether you actually get to kill anyone in that game. Dark side path, it becomes the horse. Ooh, light but side path, it's... it's invisible the whole game. That's how you can tell. I, I just love the idea of watching a character like do all the horse riding animations with no horse <laughs> <laughs> floating around. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that 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 game. I don't know if I don't know if a, a release date leaked alongside that stuff. But it's been kind of MIA for a while. It wasn't in any of the like, not E three E three stuff this year. Just just kind of not not very visible. And I'm I don't know I don't know how much of that is like, <laughs> you know, uh, don't don't want to have be, you know be doing that while J.K. Rowling is in the news again because she has been you know doing some flare-ups recently or whether it's more production problems and that thing is going to get bumped to next year along with like every other video game yeah yeah we'll see we'll see well that's that's a heap and helping of news there um, sure is we, we haven't had much recently so i feel like we've kind of had to do a little bit of catch-up here um but uh we can't let it keep us because we have uh a very good chapter to discuss this week and also uh a double helping on your side of the story yeah it sure is a double helping over here <laughs> um so would you like to go and read both of our summaries for the first of the two chapters or do you want to um save both of yours for after mine how, how do you think it'll split best this so week so we're going to have to feel it out. I'm hoping that you can read your summary and then I will try to kind of suss out uh, my situation over here. My assumption is, is that we got the same events and I got twice the word count, uh, uh -huh. but I'm very curious how it actually plays out. Absolutely. Okay. I will start with my summary for chapter 11, Complications. Uh, Bella and Edward watch an episode of Bill Nye in science class, and Bella spends the entire time thinking about how insanely cool it is to have a vampire boyfriend. In gym class, Mike makes his displeasure regarding Bella's new relationship known, but all she can do is laugh. Edward overhears this exchange. Bella is upset, but, uh, but softens up on the drive home when Edward apologizes for eavesdropping and offers to let her drive to Seattle on their upcoming trip. Their relationship is still a secret to Charlie, so Bella spends the evening nervously skirting around the subject when asked about the dance and her weekend plans. It is decided that the next day will be Edward's turn to ask Bella questions. He spends his time asking her very basic questions that she cannot help oversharing in response to. The fun is short-lived, however, as when Edward drops her off at home, Jacob and Billy Black arrive, and Charlie isn't far behind. That's it? That's it. That's all that happens in my chapter. Wow. Okay, so so I think that it's true that um, we cover the same events, but Edward has several side quests along the way, mm -hmm. um, and I just have a, just a crazy word count, really. Okay, um, okay. So, so I'm going to try not to just repeat what you said, um, but but keep in mind this just sort of covers the same events. Um, they are at school. Um, 
Edward, like on their way to biology class, Bella and Edward, um, they pass by Angela uh, talking to a boy and Edward is still doing that thing where he's scanning her mind, trying to figure out a gift to give her. Um, (laughs) But this time she is thinking of something she wants and Edward is going to be playing some matchmaker. So that's his first side quest. Um, Interestingly enough, in the biology class where they are sitting close to each other, um, Edward is also thinking how cool it is to um, have have Bella. However, he's also very tortured by how painful it is to be around her and how freaking thirsty it makes him. Um, but they're watching Lorenzo's Oil, um, which is a film not watching Bill Nye, oh. which is sort of interesting. Um, uh Later, um, Edward meets up with Emmett. This is sort of his other side quest. I think it's while Bella is in gym class. Um, And Edward tells Emmett his plan, which is that he's going to stage a conversation with Emmett about being, about like wanting to ask out Angela in front of this boy that Angela likes so that the boy will ask Angela out. And, And so they do that. They stage that conversation in class. And Edward's like, a, a job well done. Um, uh, Edward does listen in to Bella's gym class very briefly uh, and gets mad about Mike. Um, and wow, this is just really long. I thought that I had like skipped back a page, but no, it's just very long. Um, Edward and Bella kind of have a fight because Bella was mad that he was watching gym class or rather listening in to gym class with his mind reading powers. Um, They drive back home um, and it was sort of Edward's offering um, to let Bella drive to their, their trip. Um, And Edward uh, on their way back, it's like, okay, well, if you won't be mad at me, I'll um, answer or rather he will ask her questions. Um, side quest number three, he gets <laughs> home to his... It's very complicated. He gets home to his <laughs> vampire family, um, and they're having like this huge argument. Rosalie runs outside and is going to fight Edward. Um, uh, but then it sort of is revealed um, that Edward wasn't the one who told Bella that he was a vampire. Bella figured it out by talking to the werewolves. And so they're all like, whoa. The werewolves are still here and know about us. Uh, good thing there's a treaty in place. So that's my that's my cutoff for this first chapter. Okay, um, so you got a little further than I did at the end, it seems. I don't think so, because it's the next day that they have this long... Um, so I'm trying oh, to line up our chapters here. Okay, okay, so he figures this out separately before my scene where Jacob and Billy show. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, because yes. he, he figures it out uh, last time with Bella. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then this is where we're going back into the school to have the Bella answering all of his questions, which my effect in my chapter was that they were sort of moving through different scenes, but it mm-hmm. really was just one long extended conversation that didn't really matter where they were, or what they were doing. <laughs> also, before they went to school, Edward watched Bella sleep a little bit. Oh, wow. Well. But that's that's normal. However, like the one time that they're not together during their long conversation that we'll get to, he reads Emmett's mind at some point and finds out that his siblings all have a bet whether or not Edward will kill Bella during their weekend together. And Edward's really mad about that. I'm just going to skip all the stuff about their conversation because we'll talk about that. Um, They it's like going long. 
Charlie is going to be getting home soon, uh, but also Edward reads the minds of Jacob and Billy Black, who are approaching. Um, Edward does have a stare down with Billy um, and reads his mind. Billy knows that he's a vampire. Edward thinks to himself, well, good thing there's a treaty. Um, And then we get one more scene uh, with Edward at home. Uh, with his vampire family, and he just like has some time with his his mom Esme, uh, and they just sort of talk about how good Bella is for him, uh, and how how nasty his siblings are for making a Deadpool about uh, whether or not <laughs> he, he was going to kill her over their weekend. Um, and that is uh, my chapters. Wow. Okay. A lot Wordy. of content in yours. Side quests galore. Yeah, really. You love an open world with a lot of side quests. You do. Um, so number one with a bullet here. My big note on this chapter was what were they watching in science class? Because <laughs> I, I joked about it being Bill Nye because that was the most like oh, familiar, okay, yeah. the most familiar thing. It's it's an unnamed film in mine. Um, just it's just it, it, it there's just so, sort of this vague like description of like oh it's video day and everyone's stoked right like because we don't have to do anything um lorenzo's oil that's a christopher walken movie isn't it it's like uh, i have no clue i <laughs> i looked it up when i read that just to <laughs> familiarize myself and it is a very much like a, a watch in school type movie right yeah it's the one it's the one where christopher walken is like looking for a cure for als i think yep yep Yes, parents who search for a cure for their son Lorenzo. Oh, ALD, not ALS. Uh, not oh Nick Nolte also not Christopher Walken. I don't know where I got Christopher <laughs> Walken from. I was gonna say when I looked it up, I'm like, I think I would remember if it was Christopher Walken, but maybe. <laughs> no, Nick Nolte. Okay, yeah, I this feels like one that I I I probably did watch in school and just have forgotten most of. Yeah, it's a it's a Mr. Holland's opus type film, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh directed by George Miller though. Uh the the Mad Max guy. So Oh, interesting. Maybe, maybe there's like a cool car chase in there that I'm forgetting. Probably. <laughs> um but yeah, no, this this is a this is a a a weird chapter because obviously there have been many chapters in this book where where not much happens. But this, like, you really hit it on the head when 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 you said like this is a com- a long conversation that takes place over multiple days where it doesn't matter what they're doing, you know? Um, yeah. Which I actually like because I I think it captures that feeling of um like being obsessed with something right or 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 having having a focus on like you know like a crush or something where you are uh you're going through the motions of all the other stuff in your in your day but like the the through line like the 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 like plot you've arranged you're arranging your thoughts in is like based solely around that interaction right like yeah, it, it, I, I think that it definitely does. Um, it 
yeah, it's just like you you're going to school and and all that matters to you is seeing your crush during like between classes and yeah. which classes you have together and that's going to be in the foreground and everything else is just extreme background, right? Yeah, just completely secondary. Um um it's it, it's it's a very good this is the most a lot of this has felt like um uh uh, like a like a like a typical romance novel that just happens to take place in high school, right? We we've sort of talked about that in previous chapters. I think this is the first one that really actually makes use of the school setting in a way that mm-hmm. feels unique to being set in a school. Um, it, it, and ironically, because of the way that it sort of backgrounds the school stuff, I don't know if that really makes any sense, but like. The school stuff has mattered so little, but has been a little more central to the plot because, like, we're we, we hearing about Bella's movements between classes and, like, what she's doing in class and what she's eating for lunch and, and whatnot. But but n- none of that stuff has really mattered and has felt, like, very extraneous. Whereas here, it not mattering and being very extraneous ends up feeding into sort of the tone and, like, the atmosphere of the chapter because now that they're in a relationship – like Ed Edward is there, right? Like Edward is there for her to talk to. Um, and it makes that, I, I think it makes that stuff click a little better. Like, like it, 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 like it feels like that, that stuff is, is fading into the background the way, the way it would, if you were thinking about something else all day, you know? Yeah. I think that their conversation is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that does it, does it credit. It almost had the effect to me of like, watching a play and there's two characters, you know, talking to each other, holding a conversation while scene changes are happening in the background. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally. That's just, that's just like what the whole chapter felt like. And, and my chapters chapters are really weird. And like, I had a very hard time with the summary because twilight is in there, right? Mm-hmm. Like we pr- presumably have a pretty close to word for word, same conversation. And I can see that that like really strong, core is there and then mine just has all this like weird bloated other stuff Mm -hmm. interspersed like with what edward is literally doing um but yeah i i think that their conversation and the like main through line was very good um and i think that even the setting of the school somehow mattered more because they weren't talking about it. Yeah. I think that like her talking about her like house in Arizona and all of that stuff is like really strong setting stuff in like the absence of the setting stuff of where yeah. they were. If that makes any sense. No, I, I highlighted the whole paragraph where, um, where she's trying to explain to us how she explained a particular smell in Arizona Mm-hmm. Um, which is a it, it's a, a wild scene because again it, it's so funny thinking about how my early criticisms of this book were that there's like zero effort given to like the setting um, mm-hmm. and the further in I'm getting it, it's just like every now and then you just get like a big dollop of like really rich uh, uh, like scene description and feeling description Um yeah, I tried to imagine. I I tried to describe impossible things like the scent of chrysote or creosote. I don't. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Uh, bitter, slightly resinous, but still pleasant. The high keening sound of cicadas in January. The feathery bareness of the trees. 
The very size of the sky, extending white-blue from horizon to horizon, barely interrupted by the low mountains covered with purple volcanic rock. The hardest thing to explain was why it was so beautiful to me, to justify a beauty that didn't depend on the sparse, spiky vegetation that often looked half-dead. A beauty that more had often to do... Ugh, sorry. A beauty that had more to do with the exposed shape of the land, with the shallow bowls of valleys between craggy hills, and the way they held on the sun. Like, just really cool little thing, Like... Like you get a sense of like where her head's at in 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 my chapter in a way that I really appreciate, and that like in between these descriptions, she is like talking about how how pretty Edward is and how perfect Edward is, right? And it's like she is in a state where she is just sort of like obsessed with like the the beauty of things, right? And and like mm-hmm. describing that and sharing that feeling with someone, and it's like yeah, this is like really good romantic character writing like this is this is good shit this is like oh yeah i see why this is this was hidden for a lot of people uh, yeah it's it's vivid yeah it's very charming it's and very edward charming. Is charming throughout the whole thing too yeah, edward edward kind of again he <laughs> boyfriend points kind of cranking up here i think yeah uh, he kind of turns his swag on again in this chapter um and also i really appreciate that when it's his day to ask questions in the second half, um, all of them are really basic idiot questions, right? (laughs) Um, Which is really smart because this is one of the precious few things we have that make him feel like a vampire. You know what I mean? Like someone who Mm -hmm. is alienated from the typical human experience because he's just like, you know, he's like this 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 hundred year old, uh, uh, beautiful, perfect man, and he's just asking like, "What's your favorite color?" Like, you know, like really? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. What's your favorite food? What's I think f- he has. What's what what CD are you listening to right <laughs> what, now? What CD are you listening to right now? It's a question he asks. Yeah, he's he, he might as well be asking like, "Do you like go going to Sheets or Wawa, Burger King or McDonald's?" Like he's just. <laughs> He's just really, really, really dumb. Um, yeah. But it's- I'm trying really hard not to um, have the impression that he's like a high schooler that read a pickup artist book because there's like a little <laughs> bit of that in there. Well, the thing about that is it's like, I, the thing that makes it feel the most pickup artisty is honestly Bella's responses. Mm. And and it's it almost feels to me like like an inverse situation where he is asking like really dumb guy questions and Bella is just like like putting a brick on the gas pedal in response to every single one of them, right? Like when he asks like what's your favorite gemstone and she's like topaz like your eyes but it, if your <laughs> eyes were darker when you asked me i would have said onyx right it's like that's right <laughs> she's just really laying it on thick in response to the the most basic questions and and it, it's again like she's she's she feels enraptured as a character which is very fun to that's read that's why they're perfect for each other they both read pickup artist books <laughs> to prepare for this conversation <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see that. I guess <laughs> <laughs> she would have gone in going like, "I've got to read this so I know what to look for in case he does it to me." And and he read it because he was like, "Well, obviously, I've got to read this," and and it ended up working out perfectly for them. 
I'm happy for them. Um, <laughs> when when um, Edward asks uh, what CD is in her CD player, what does she say in yours? Oh my god, this this was so sad because I was really hoping that she would have to describe Lincoln Park to him. Um, okay, yeah. Or, or or like talk about it directly, but um, she does not say the title of it, and she very very vaguely kind of describes it. Let me. Uh, what music is in your CD player right now? He asked, his face as somber as if he'd asked for a murder confession. I realized I'd never removed the CD Phil had given me. When I said the name of the band, he smiled crookedly, a peculiar expression in his eyes, which is also how I would react if someone said they had Linkin Park in their CD player. <laughs> he flipped open a compartment under his car's CD player, pulled out one of the 30 or so CDs that were jammed into the small pa- space, and handed it to me. Debussy to this? He raised an eyebrow, and I was really... really losing it at that um it was the same cd i examined the familiar cover art keeping my eyes down so he also really likes lincoln park so good good for them they're both Uh, both rocking out fascinated by um stephanie meyer i know we've talked about it before but her like feeling more emboldened by like the specific pop culture references between mm-hmm. writing Twilight and writing this, like that it just says, you know, it's hybrid theory. Um, and then they like discuss the favorite song in here. That's so oh, wild. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me hear yours then. That's wild. Yeah. Um, ba, ba, ba. All right. She said it's Lincoln Park hybrid theory. Not what I was expecting. As I pulled the identical CD from my car's music cache, I tried to imagine what this album meant to her. It didn't seem to match any of her moods that I'd seen, but then there was so much I didn't know. Did you see to this? I wondered. She stared at the cover and I could not understand her expression. Which is your favorite song? Hmm. She murmured, still looking at the cover art. With you, I think. I thought through all the lyrics quickly. Why that one? She smiled a little, little and shrugged. I'm not sure. Well, that didn't help much. <laughs> well, Edward, the title of the song is With You, so let's... <laughs> <laughs> what could that be about? I thought through all the lyrics quickly. <laughs> <laughs> He's so dumb. I love him. Um, I don't I don't know that specific song, but I'm assuming it's not super subtle. <laughs> I was never uh, a Lincoln Park fan. I I was never I I I, I my new metal phase. I skipped straight to Deftones. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and I like I like Deftones a fair bit, but like I I recently, as in like the last couple of years, I was like, I should give this a shot because you know there's a lot of stuff that I was snobby about as a teenager that I'm like way less snobby about now. You know, and I like I listened mm-hmm. to Hybrid Theory and I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. Like, you know, that's, sure. That's fun. Um but uh yeah, I, I, I somehow bypassed that being like my obsession at that age. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh uh <laughs> That's so crazy that she's she's now content with with putting that in there. Like the we like you said, we talked about it before and she claims that it has to do with like hoping that it was not knowing if it would still be relevant by the time um the book came out, you know, but yeah. I, I really have got to wonder if maybe some of it also was like a little bit of like being gun shy about name dropping uh, copyrighted stuff, I guess. Like car manufacturers you can do 
but but yeah. but bands, I wonder. Like I'm just thinking about how like in like the dubs for like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, they don't say band names. They they like come up with new like synonyms basically. Right. And like I I don't know how actually legally necessary that is, but it's like a total just like covering your ass thing. Um mm-hmm. and I wonder if the Twilight situation was the same where it's like eh! just erring on the side of caution i will just just don't go there (laughs) yeah i will just not mention a band by name that you know that's signed to a major label yeah just weird i i I, i'm curious i'm curious if like money had to change hands for that uh yeah but why so many specifics why why (laughs) is it hybrid theory why is it lorenzo's oil suddenly (laughs) it's just odd (laughs) You're getting, yeah, you're getting, like, the, it's weird that the the more filled out version technically has more product placement in it, which I know that it's not product placement, but it's, like, it's funny, like, it, you know how, like, when old TV shows get, like, DVD releases or, like, old games get remastered or whatever, they sometimes have to take out licensed stuff that was in it? because mm-hmm. of because of expiring deals yeah it, this yeah. is like the opposite happened here like we put they, right. they put the references back in which is very interesting okay how about the list of books like obviously no problem saying agatha christie right but did you have joe walton's tooth and claw in your list uh, bella skips over that in mine they have the cd conversation and then he asks her uh, and then this is this is just kind of like described in a, in a passing paragraph. Uh, movies I'd liked and hated, the few places I'd been in, the many I wanted to go, and books, endlessly books. But she doesn't actually say any of them. What? Yeah. What does she say in 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 yours? Ooh, I, this is this is too much fun. Yeah. I, wow. Um, scrolling back this is this is what i'm talking about with the word count too <laughs> tell me about books you can't make me choose a favorite i won't tell me everything you like where do i start um little women that was the first big book i read i still read it pretty much every year everything austin though i'm not a huge fan of emma i'm just gonna skip all the in-between stuff i'll just read the dialogue <laughs> uh jane Eyre. i read that one read that one pretty often too that's my idea of a heroine everything by any bronte to kill a mockingbird obviously fahrenheit 451 all of the chronicles of narnia but especially the voyage of the dawn treader gone with the wind douglas adams david eddings and orson scott card and robin mckinley did i already say ellen montgomery um blah 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 um my mom had a bunch of zane gray paperbacks some of them were pretty good shakespeare mostly the comedies um agatha christie and mccaffrey's dragon books and speaking of great dragons, Joe Walton's Tooth and Claw, The Princess Bride, much better than the movie. There are a million more, but I'm blanking again. Wow. And then, and then get this. Um, Edward says, that's enough for now. She'd done more exploring in fiction than in reality, and I was surprised she'd listed a book I'd not read yet. I would have to find a copy of Tooth and Claw, which is a <laughs> book from 2005, and it's just like a fantasy novel. Wow. Oh, interesting. Just a pl- plugging a contemporary, perhaps? Uh-huh, a little, right? A nice little gesture, maybe? That's really interesting. funny. That's really funny. Um, I'm going to have to disagree with Bella slash uh, Stephanie Meyer here. Princess Bi- Bride is way better as a movie than a book. <laughs> right? I was going to say. The movie. The movie a beloved movie. Yeah, the movie fucking whips. <laughs> like, what are you talking about, Bella? <laughs> um. 
That is so interesting. Just, just I get a lot of music references too. Yeah, like long list. Um, because he and I, I like this part a lot. This is very cutting to me specifically. Mm-hmm. Where I, I, my theory is that everybody can read Twilight and find that one thing that Bella says that just cuts them straight to the heart. Oh yeah. Um, uh what kind of music do you like? Um, and she kind of dodges and says, like, I mostly listen to what my mom had. Um, classical music sometimes and other times, Simon and Garfunkel, Neil Diamond, Joni Mitchell, John Denver, that kind of thing. She's like me. She listens to what her mother listened to. She liked to do sing-alongs on our road trips. Hmm. That's cute. It is cute. That's really cute. <laughs> that's yeah this is interesting because like it, it it clearly is ballooned word count um but i appreciate there's there's seems like there's like a fair amount of characterization packed in there when it's not just like listing stephanie meyer's favorites and even if it is just listing stephanie meyer's favorites too like the, the, i if you're writing something about like I, I think I had this like exact complaint about the vagueness of all of the um, uh, uh, allusions to like music and stuff in in this book early on, where I was like, you know, it, it if you're writing a story about living in like the you know more or less contemporary United States, like like that sort of taste can say a lot about a character, right? And mm-hmm. uh, right because it's inescapable. Um, and I, I appreciate getting a little window into her, the specifics of her taste um, and them being like, I, I, it, there's a fun picture of Bella as someone who maybe thinks she's like less mainstream than she is, you know, like, yeah, which is like very relatable, you know, like, like everyone kind of has that feeling as a teenager. Every, every teenager who has their like Pink Floyd phase absolutely thinks they're the only teenager who has a Pink Floyd <laughs> phase, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh that that's that's that feels very true to to a lot of people's experiences there. I like that. Yeah. I mean my real my real thought about like the way that Bella is written is that it it sort of dodges and weaves between feeling annoying as a author self-insert mm-hmm. like there's definitely an element of that where you just oh, yeah. sort of roll your eyes a little bit where you're like yes i like i know that that's like those are the books you like <laughs> um but then i i think that it kind of circles back around on itself where stephanie meyer is so close to the surface and there just is something like if you are going to be that honest something is going to be resonant, right? Like you're, yeah. you're kind of going to weave in and out of that. Um, and that's sort of what is happening here. I think it's, it's, it's personal enough and it's comprehensive enough that it, it, you, even if it, if it is less to do with Bella as a character and more to do with, with someone listing their favorite stuff, you know, like there's <laughs> no escaping it feeling a little intimate, right? Like it feels like you are, learning something about a person um and that that that's just a very easy way to make a connection um yeah yeah so it's like a little bit annoying when uh bella and edward both really like gattaca for some reason (laughs) um but i find the like thing about the music being you know like oh i just listened to what my mom listened to and her being like a little bit embarrassed of that to be really charming edward did edward tell her that um the, the the pianist in uh in in Gattaca is the rap boy genius guy. 
No, he's slacking. Oh, Edward. See, those are the these are the movie facts. If you're watching a movie with someone, you you've got to have some <laughs> facts on deck ready to lean over and explain. Like number one, uh, uh, when when Viggo Mortensen kicks the helmet in Lord of the Rings, you lean over and say, you know, he really broke his toe when he did that. Um, uh, the guy in Gattaca playing the piano is Rapoy Genius. Uh, let me think. What else? What else? Um. This is like the whole point of being a vampire. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce Willis blew his eardrum out when he fired the gun in Die Hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You got you to have this stuff on deck. You're a vampire. You need to have all the insane movie facts no one cares about stuck in your brain. <laughs> this <laughs> is what I liked vampire? about his, his, his... Sorry? Am I, am I what? Are you, are you a vampire? <laughs> well, moving on... <laughs> Uh, hold on, I gotta get some more blood. One sec. <laughs> um, this is what I liked about his uh, baseball facts thing, right? Like, yeah, like, like, because that that felt like, um, that that was interesting because that felt like because I don't think his actual knowledge was ever put to the test, right? Like, there, I, wait, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, he didn't rattle off any actual baseball facts did he just like said that he no he he went through them in his head right uh, to try to figure it out but he didn't say anything and, and that's fun because you can tell that stephanie meyer knows that that is a good way to round a character out right um to 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 like allude to that kind of thing and to and to like know you you should be like i think a thing that's really fun and and, and like important about like character writing is like it's really good to be able to answer basically any question about what a character would think or do about like X, Y, or Z. Right. And mm -hmm. like, even if that information never, ever comes up, you know, it's just like, you should know a character well enough that if someone asked, do they, you know, does Edward like baseball? You'd be like, Oh yeah. Uh, he really likes the, the, the stats part. Right. And like, that's, that's fun. Um, and Bella, being closer to Stephanie Meyer is really interesting because we get a similar experience where it's like, here's what, here's what Bella uh, uh, likes to read and listen to and whatnot, except that um, she is going through every item in the Rolodex and explaining them to us. Right. It's like, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's sweet in a way, I guess, or it's, it's, it's very unpolished, but it's, uh, uh, you can tell that Bella or 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 at writing through Bella is like fun for for the author here. Yeah, and in a way, I mean, Midnight Sun, and probably part of the reason it doesn't really hit with me as it might uh, someone else is that it is just the most fan service novel of all time, right? <laughs> like, like it is the it is the um, you know, what does Snape eat for breakfast? Novel, right? Like, yeah, I feel like. If someone was reading Twilight all this time and is like, oh, I wonder what what books that she went through, right? Mm -hmm. If it's like this novel comes out and it's like, oh, well, here's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. This is the first, like, like so many, uh, so much of like the extraneous information in Midnight Sun has sounded like questions no one was asking right like like where was edward physically during this scene <laughs> where bella was out of his sight right yes <laughs> but this is the good shit like like what what is what is edward's favorite sport what what does edward think about the movie gattaca what does e bella 
listen to for fun. You know, like that that's the stuff right. that that's the fan that's the fan service juice right there. I think so. Mm-hmm. Even I can recognize it, even if it's like not for me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this this is the meat of what I think when Midnight Sun was announced as as, as finally coming out, and and people were like, people who were excited for it, the kind of thing they were excited for, I have to imagine a good deal of it was this kind of thing, just like getting to spend more time with the characters they liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe not knowing their precise movements. <laughs> yeah i mean i did sort of get what i wanted and that edward does have some stuff to do on his own unfortunately it's all like completely pointless and affects nothing because it because it necessarily can't affect anything right yeah this is this is like even more constricting than like the prequel problem right or like prequels are hard to write because nothing too crazy can happen right because you know we we you know where the story ends up this is even more constrained because it's like i can't change the story and in fact this scene seems like it does actually change dialogue which seems wildly out of pocket like right yeah. like like i i am certainly not complaining it's it's very interesting but like if if you're telling me these are the same story and this happened this is what happened just from a different perspective. Like that conversation about Lincoln Park is just completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just, 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 just like, like actually different dialogue. Um, and so you, you know, you can see her running up against the constraints that she laid for herself by choosing this project here, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the Angela side quest is uh, like number one, completely crazy. Um, <laughs> But unless I'm, like, forgetting this huge plot point in original Twilight, I I don't think anything comes of it, right? Like, maybe Angela and Ben get together, and that just sort of happens in Twilight. But when I read this stuff about Edward setting up this fake conversation to try to act like he wanted to ask out Angela, I'm like, okay, this is set up for some big misunderstanding, right? Because mm. I've read a story before. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. But it doesn't, because it can't, because it didn't happen right. in Twilight, right? That is... <sighs> okay, I need to know everything about the Angela the, the Angela present subplot, because this is <laughs> consistently my favorite dumb thing Midnight Sun has added. It's just, it's literally like the B-plot of my two chapters. (laughs) And it just keeps happening. And in fact, it does like a little, a little trick on me Mm. because it starts off and it's like, it's like Edward um, is walking by Angela and is like, uh, I guess I'll read her mind. I know she never wants anything, but I'll try, try again. Um, But for the first time, I think the book has hidden from me what he hears Mm. to be like, and now he knows what he'll get her, but it doesn't like tell you what it is. Weird. Um, Yeah. So it kind of like trickles it out to you. Um, But he, he concocts his, his plan and uh, he explains to Emmett what they're going to do. And they have this, this entire staged conversation where Emmett's like, Hey, dude, have you, did you ask out Angela? And he's like, 
yeah, but she told me that uh, she liked this other boy, Ben. And then Emmett's like, Shh, he's right behind you, man. <laughs> well, so not only is he using his, like, mind-reading powers to, like, do side quests, mm-hmm. but it sounds like he's really bad at it. Like... No, it worked out great. Did it work? Did this work? Yes. Oh yes, my god. Literally. Okay. And, and this is the other thing is that like the whole time, Edward, the other thing it conceals from the audience is like the reason that Ben and Angela haven't gotten together because they both like each other, <sighs> but something is standing in the way. Right. And then finally when they get together and it kind of resolves this plot line, um, Edward is like, huh, silly humans. Why would um, they let Angela being six inches taller than Ben get in the way of their love? Oh, my God. Womp, womp. Da, 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 da. <laughs> it, it plays it like that. It's crazy. This is like a short story. No, yeah, no pun intended. Is. Just like, like, <laughs> like it, it, this is this is the kind of thing that like authors would release as like a like a bonus, you know, for like, I'm so glad everyone liked my book. I'm writing the next one, but here's a little thing I wrote about this ship. You know what I mean? Just like throw some red meat to the audience. Right. <laughs> That's really funny. And so Angela is, Angela is tall, I guess. New lore unlocked. Yeah. I think that's the first thing I've learned about her. Not in my book. She's tall and very kind. And Ben is also kind and worthy of her. Oh, so they're both Don't, nice. Don't, if you were worried about that. Wow, that's good. That's good. I'm glad Edward Edward could be the arbiter of that for them. And, and he kind of, like, he kind of ties it back into, like, the main plot very conspicuously by, you know, being like, oh, humans are so silly for letting something so superficial get in the way of of right. their love uh versus my problem which is i'm which a is vampire, that I'm a vampire <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> some themes wow some we got some themes in there edward is telling us the themes <laughs> that is really funny i w- does does he even guess like before he figures this out and we have like this fun little mystery does he like do we get any other inkling of like stuff she might have wanted? Cause, cause similar to like the music and movie stuff, like it would have been fun to hear like, Oh, Angela really wants that. I don't know. Like, like I was saying Bionicles last week, but like a- Angela really wants a skull candy headphones or something. I don't know. Like, do we get anything like that? Any? No. And I think that's sort of like, a, a honestly, a really interesting point mm. in that, um, it's like sort of this um, little vision into, I don't know, because the whole point of Angela, or at least Edward's conception of her, is that she's perfect, right? Mm-hmm. She's like this angelic character, mm-hmm. and part of that is not wanted. Like, she doesn't have any material wants. Right. That's what makes her so good. All she cares about is, like, family and memories and all and all this stuff, which is a very funny thing to set in opposition to this chapter of Edward asking Bella about all the material things yeah, she likes. Yeah, actually, that, hmm, that's a really interesting thought. I like that. 
Mm-hmm. That is fun. That, just another thing on the pile for like I I really like Edward and Bella being kind of like shitty, you know, like 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 Bella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bella being just so cynical and, and being so grounded in, you know, in comparison to Angela, at least, this is the comparison that this chapter seems to be making, but, like, like so much more focused on, like, material wants and needs and, and, and like, comforts and stuff, right, is is very mm-hmm. funny. Like, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that, <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but that is, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's not even like Bella is supposed to come across as like very materialistic. No. It's stuff like I like Dr Pepper, I like Sour Patch Kids. I don't know if you got those. No, but, I, um, you're getting all the good shit. I get nothing <laughs> in mine. <laughs> See, I I do. I get all the all the juicy details. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, Angela has has no material wants, so it's hard because it's like, oh, can I get her Dr Pepper? Nope, <laughs> she just wants um loving memories with her family. <laughs> that is really funny. That that and like you said, like like regardless of whether or not that's intentional, that that does speak to a very interesting difference between those two people is that one one can be defined by material desires and the other can't. Uh, according to Edward's perfect vampire brain, right? Like, right, yeah. That is, and the fact that he doesn't go, oh, maybe Angela is the one I should be like in love with, or you know, maybe, maybe that's like a more desirable relationship than this like really cynical, nasty <laughs> girl. <laughs> Yeah, but but even like like those are Edward's questions yeah. for her, right? Yeah. He's the one saying, "Do you like Coke or Pepsi?" <laughs> that's right. You know, <laughs> what's your favorite things. movie? Like that's fine, but <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, like it's it's too. I it, I guess really, it, like like to, to take a less like 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 cynical view of it, it 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 could also be read as more like um like idealized versus realistic you know what i mean like like Mm -hmm. like angela just sounds like ridiculously perfect right it just just like like not a human being nobody behaves like this and anyone who tells you that the only things that they want are loving memories or whatever like are they're trying to sell you something (laughs) right like like to not to turn my synonism switch on but like like that that's just like you know that that is not how like or that's a very high standard for like desire right like oh how how i just want to meet a woman who just wants to make memories or whatever and isn't doesn't care about superficial normal people things it's like like that 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 too is incredibly uh annoying and 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 and, and cynical and, and 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 whatnot and the idea that he is interested in what bella's incredibly mundane tastes are could be seen as like very sweet and kind of humble, right? And like mm-hmm. and 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 uh, not un- unpretentious. You know what I mean? Like like there yeah. there is a positive way to to flip this around as like a as, as like how you know how these two characters connect. But it, but it it is so funny that that Angela is just like an actual angel. It sounds like and Bella and and uh, as impossible a creature as a vampire is. And he's like, eh, I want to hang out with the girl who likes Gattaca. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, because he liked Gattaca too. He likes Gattaca too. Are there other, uh, any other movies in this one? We've got Lorenzo's Oil and we've got Gattaca. What other movies does oh, she I like? Oh, I guess you didn't get all of those, I got, did you? Nope. I got 
I got all the good shit, but I also got many pages. So let me find it. I remember um, uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail is on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Gattaca. I swear there was another one. Movies, movies, movies. He'd ask her like Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars or something. Oh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. All right. Um, And she's like, I know everyone says that. Uh, True, because it's correct. It's so good. It's split over a couple. I think those are the main ones. Mm-hmm. It's split over a couple um, uh, a couple classes, I think. <laughs> That's so delightful. I, I, it is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fun just, just getting to know a character... And, and to sort of like get to to know the tone of a story and like the the level of romance we're dealing with, which is you know just them asking very simple questions. Uh, I, I'm I'm so sad that my my copy my story it's only favorite color, favorite gemstone. Do you like it hot or cold? And like that kind of thing, just very very basic like wow questions. I didn't I didn't get any of that juicy what movies have you seen type stuff. That's, that's so she, good. She doesn't watch TV. Um, did you get this like rapid fire Coke or Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, favorite ice cream, cookie dough, pizza, cheese, boring, but true football team pass basketball. She shrugged. I'm not a sports person, ballet or opera ballet, I guess. None of that. I got none of wow. that. Nothing. Wow. That's a great little exchange too. Yeah. Yeah. Again, this is, I mean like this is, it's, it's funny to do this, with the characters literally doing it. But like, this is the kind of thing where I'm like, if, if you're an author and you know, or, or, or whatever, and you're like making characters, I feel like these are the kind of conversations that you should be able to like, just be able to write. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're mm-hmm. not putting them in, in your story, it's cool to be able to, to, to know that, um, about a person, about a fake person that you made up. Right. Um, yeah. It's, and it's wild to see that just like, in a book, you know, like, like just naked, right. just nakedly. It's kind of, it's cute. It's like someone listing their OCs, likes and dislikes in a, in a forum signature, but in a book, right? Like, it's like, yeah. yeah. I, and I mean, like, I totally, it's charming, right? Yeah. Cause who doesn't want to just be asked one of those, like MySpace quiz, mm-hmm. uh, ass lists. Um, the people love quizzes. Asked, yeah, asked by your crush mm-hmm. between classes at high school, like hell yes. Yeah, this is an ASMR prompt. Like, right? <laughs> a- ASMR vampire asks you what your favorite movie is. Like, absolutely, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, th- th- this is so. Th- this is like it's it's it sounds clumsy and overbearing and like a. Uh, 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 Perhaps a, a an indulgent indulgence of word count, maybe. But this is the first time that I've heard of anything that like is crossover in our book books. You know, mm-hmm. that I've been like, oh, Midnight Sun sounds way better for this, right? Like, like there's been tons of yeah. like Edward only content where I've been like, that sounds awesome. But like, any yeah. anytime it's been. Edward just like being there for my parts of the book, it's just felt extraneous. But this this is the first time I've been like, ooh, like new new lore. Updated my journal, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the most I have liked Midnight Sun, and I think it is probably because it took the best part of Twilight, which I think is an undeniably appealing 
book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just took that and made it more of that same thing, right? Yeah. And so I, it was so clear to me as I was reading this. I'm like, this is the Twilight injection right here. And yeah. Edward is like not very much on his bullshit. Like he is a little bit, but it's almost like... The further on it goes, it's like his bullshit has been like so thoroughly established that she like comes back to it occasionally and is like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I have to remind the reader that Edward is like dying of thirst and he can't. It's like the pain in his throat from how like beautiful Bella, like all that stuff. (laughs) But it's like it's a reminder, not just a constant constant misery yeah the whole time so like edward is like having fun during this conversation and it's the fun twilight conversation yeah yeah it 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 really highlights what makes like 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 likely the kind of thing that like made this relationship so broadly appealing in the first place right Mm -hmm. it's easy to see in in this why twilight was the lightning in the bottle that it was absolutely yeah yeah Okay, I have a very important question um, sure. about a scene in this. I need your input. Um, yeah. I want to know... <laughs> I was about to say, I want to know if this is the first uh, 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 dirty joke in Twilight. Oh. But I just remembered that in Midnight Sun you had the booby, bo- a boob in the hand... I did have the boob in the hand The, the boob in the hand scene. Um... But there, it, and it's 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 really subtle because it's not a joke anyone tells. It's it's the way Bella reacts to a line Mike says. Okay. Um, so it's when they're in in class and and Mike comes over to like grill her about the Edward thing. Uh, you and Cullen, huh? He asked, his tone rebellious. My previous feeling of affection disappeared. That's none of your business, Mike, I warned, internally cursing Jessica straight to the fiery pits of Hades. I don't like it, he muttered anyway. You don't have to, I snapped. He looks at you like, like you're something to eat, he continued, ignoring me. I choked back the hysteria that threatened to explode, but a small giggle managed to get out despite my efforts. He (laughs) glowered at me, I waved and fled to the locker room. Oh my god. Right? That's very funny. Is 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 Bella like like making a little a little blue joke here or is is that am I reading too far into I mean, the authors? It seems, it seems very obvious to me. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to say if it is obvious to the author. Yeah. Right. That's that's kind of where I was at. I was like I feel like from any other author I would I would read it that way, right? As like as like the character is the character is reacting to that as if it was an innuendo, an accidental innuendo. I don't know if right. Stephanie Meyer intended it that way, right? Like difficult Gosh, I'm trying to find this scene in mine. Um when does it happen? It's the first volleyball class on the first day. Wow. So it's post post Lorenzo's oil, but before <laughs> they get in the car. Why can't she see what a circus sh- sideshow he is? Like they all are. The way he stares at her, it gives me chills to watch. Dialogue. He looks at you like like you're something to eat. I cringed, waiting for her response. Her face turned bright red and her lips pressed together as though she were holding her breath. Then suddenly a giggle burst through her lips. Now she's laughing at me. Great. That's Mike. <laughs> 
So yeah. That ha- yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. That that's got to be the intended read, right? Like I I don't know. That that felt I mean, Edward's like reaction to it is so Edward doesn't know. Edward didn't read that. How yeah. could I, how could she have laughed at Mike's accusation so entirely on target yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I began to worry that Forks was becoming too aware? Why would she laugh at the suggestion that I could kill her when she knew that it was entirely true? <laughs> what was wrong with her? Edward doesn't know. Edward's not Edward in on the joke. Edward head empty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I, I guess I guess the jury's out on this one, but it sure. Wait, it still it keeps oh, going. No. Did she have a morbid sense of humor? That didn't fit my my idea of her character. But how can I be sure? I don't think Stephanie Meyer. Knows. Okay, I've yeah, changed, the, I've the, changed the, my the, entire. <laughs> she had no idea. Bella is laughing because she knows that Edward's a vampire and Mike doesn't. Which is a honestly a way more insane explanation than what I thought it was. Which is, I thought Bella was trying not to laugh at this like accidental innuendo that Mike said. I mean, I would love that to. I mean, this would be perfect if Edward was just being like detached vampire. Yeah. Like he doesn't get the joke. Doesn't, so yeah. he's like, why is it funny that I am a vampire? <laughs> it would not be funny if I broke someone's back walls, Bella. <laughs> the house needs that to stand up. <laughs> Based based on what? <laughs> Good for them. They're perfect the for perfect, each other. Perfect dumbasses for each other. <laughs> yeah, like th- this this chapter. It, it's difficult to talk about like the events in this chapter because there really aren't any. It is just like one long conversation. Mm-hmm. I guess the 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 biggest event is is the bit at the end. Um, um, so I will say that, and, and I, I want to hear more about Edward's side quests where he's, where he's not conversing with Bella. So we did the Angela thing, which is like three separate scenes. Mm -hmm. And then between the two days, um, Edward and Rosalie have a confrontation, which honestly kind of loops back into the Jacob Black, Billy Black thing, because that's where they kind of, the big reveal happens because Rosalie is super mad that. Um, Edward would reveal that they're vampires and Edward's response is like, well, I didn't tell, I didn't tell her. She guessed it um, with the help of, um, of Jacob who didn't realize he was saying something that's real. Um, And this is sort of where I get, I don't know when you will get the information about the treaty, but that's kind of the, exposition of mine Mm. is that there's like a treaty in place and there will not be a fight and carlisle will will not stand for conflict between between the werewolves and the vampires although i don't get the werewolf word drop yet okay because because i had a little bit of the treaty thing because when jacob is explaining the lore to bella on the beach he jokes about like oops guess i broke the treaty or whatever um, but then it's just like, yeah, no, not a big deal. So I, I think that it, it's been dropped for me, but I think like the magnitude of its actual importance has not been made clear yet. Like, like mm-hmm. Be- Bella has only heard about it being joked about by Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, the like conclusion of the, the vampire family drama is really that they were just like, oh, well, we can't be that mad at Edward because it really just was sort of unlucky that um, that Jacob would happen to talk to Bella mm-hmm. in this way, but also know Edward. Um, and Edward does like do some sort of self-reflection on how how much Bella has has changed him and how he like has a new understanding um, both of rosalie who he used to be like and jasper who he is now more like Mm -hmm. Um, jasper is the one who would would kill to protect alice his of course his wife sister wife sister sister wife yes (laughs) so it's a little bit of edward characterization for sure Mm -hmm. um but like i said before all of these scenes uh, are less fan servicey and more. Oh, so no, no vampire chess, no, no, no playing Counter Strike or anything. No, they're they're in um, they're in the void. You know, like, okay. It's sort of the negative, uh, no setting zone, mm. where it's just like some. It, it feels perfunctory. Yeah, they're in the house and having this conversation, but it's not. It's not taking the time to like set the stage really. Yeah, and it it feels like less that is a fun thing put in here because Stephanie Meyer felt that she had a story to tell Mm -hmm. with it and more of a, this conversation necessarily would have happened, so she has to put it in. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. Because that's a... I've enjoyed hearing the insane vampire characterization stuff. Um, It's too bad that it's not getting, like, the same love that the... Like you, you can tell what Stephanie Meyer enjoyed writing. It sounds like, in oh, in, in Midnight Sun, like which which parts she cared about, you know. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to be the vampire politics. No, no, that's too bad. Um, what about this Deadpool they've set up? Oh, Edward is very upset about it. Basically, it's um, Alice has obviously like seen two possible futures or rather like three Mm, right mm -hmm. and it's like edward will kill bella edward will not kill bella (laughs) edward will turn bella into a vampire right and so rosalie and jasper who are the most mad at edward have bet that he'll kill bella over the weekend and emmett alice that's all of them, I think, have bet that he won't. Um, <laughs> I, I love this. Or or rather, like, this is such a fun idea for some vampire characterization, right? Like, like mm-hmm. this is some good, like, dark comedy bit stuff, right? Like, yeah, like, like them, them just like, oh, yeah, we're voting on whether or not you're gonna you're gonna murder your girlfriend. It's just like, you know, that's just an insane premise, right? Like, there's a lot of fun to be had there. And it's too bad that it sounds like it didn't really get the space it could have had to like make that a funny scene you know like because it's not supposed to be funny it's like supposed to be i I don't know there's just too much it's very dour yeah instead of fun the it's really interesting that it like edward feels like a character that in moments with bella it, he is forced, like, no pun intended, into the light in a way that sort of, like, makes all of his self-seriousness and, like, his, his like, foibles, like, it makes that stuff fun, just, just bouncing off of her, right? 
But the minute you remove Bella from the picture, it like I, I get this sense that Edward, like w- without someone human to react to, and and like act against as a character, we sort of lose the fun part of him, right? Which is like this, like walking contradiction of like, well, he's very cool. He's a vampire. Um, he's, he's, you know, he says a lot of epic shit, but also it's ridiculous because he's like going to high school and he likes Lincoln park and he like drives a Volvo (laughs) really fast. Right. Like, like there's stuff that's like, it's not intended as a joke, but it like, it, it softens the edge of his character in a really charming way where it's like, he, he's just ridiculous. Right. And, uh, when, when those contradictions like don't get a chance to like drive the dialogue or whatever, it, it just he gets a little boring. Yeah, it almost. I mean, of course, the perfect vampire crush can't really exist outside of that realm, mm-hmm. right? Like, why would he be able to? Um, but it becomes almost too real not in an upsetting way but just in a not fun way (laughs) he like this whole thing so they're sitting in spanish class him and emmett and emmett like accidentally thinks about the deadpool thing Mm. and he's like oops i didn't mean to think about that because edward can can read his mind obviously and the entire thing is framed as like emmett trying to talk down edward and being like you know it's just silly and uh and jasper he's sick of being the um the one who's like the weak link and stuff so he's glad to see you with a flaw so there's some like some sort of good characterization stuff there um for the other vampires that never get to talk or do anything or be involved in the story um but it's all framed around edward having this like countdown rage where he's like needs to get away from Emmett or he's gonna like kill him or something and I'm just like that's just not it's just not fun Uh, yeah that's yeah just making him less you you can't take him away from the romance plot no yeah it's like the it it just so quickly becomes like I don't know like he's just gonna be the guy who can't like control not slamming doors because he's right yeah kind of thing um i I mean this whole thing i it's just like i glanced at the clock 15 minutes before i could punch him in the face and then and then emmett's like i didn't mean any harm hey i took your side right blah 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 i wager about this weekend whether bella would live or die 14 and a half minutes yeah this is lame that's not fun and and like i we talked about this a little bit when edward was like enraged in the car and needed to be talked (laughs) down that there is there is a little bit of a like it's just not my thing like this like possessive rage thing i just don't jive with really yeah it's 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 i think the thing where where it just uh I mean, what you're right. Like it, it is just a, a taste thing ultimately, because because he is, you know, he's like a, a fantasy character written to like ogle basically. Um, mm-hmm. But like in in again retrofitting protagonist stuff into his character, it's like I I feel like there are maybe cooler versions of that fantasy that would fit better here. Like, I think the weird part is that, like, that is, 
there's almost a version of that that's like that that would work right like 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 the the issue is that it's so for something that is about vampires um <laughs> twilight very rarely feels heightened to a degree where like that kind of talk can work right like mm-hmm. I, I I feel like there are plenty of fantasy or sci-fi or or like you know whatever kinds of stories where like characters can say like you know start counting down and threaten to like like kill another cool guy and it can work right like it it can come off as badass and like funny a little bit and like it, it it can fit into like the 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 fantastical image of them as like this really cool awesome guy who like the ultimate wife guy right he'll do anything to to (laughs) to people who insult his wife or whatever um but this is just like you say it's the guy who who slams doors too often right it's it's like he it's too close to just feeling like this guy's just a fucking asshole right like is it because it's not they're in a school. It it doesn't have that level of height. Like he's not a he's not a super spy. He's not a knight in in armor. He's not like an anime swordsman guy. He no, he's like breaking his controller after yeah. losing like a smash game. <laughs> right, exactly. It's it's just it's it needs another degree of removal for that stuff to work. And it's weird, right? Because he's a fucking vampire. It should be. It should work on that level. But it just, it never gets there. Yeah, but it doesn't because he listens to Linkin Park. (laughs) Right. Every aspect of him that isn't him being a vampire is like very close to home. And I think that's maybe why it doesn't work. Is it's like, he's not Dracula. Um, He is not actually a fantastical character. He is a goth boy at a high school. (laughs) <laughs> and there's just 10% yeah. of him that is vampire, basically, in his character, right? And, like, that 10% is full of a lot of ridiculous stuff. But, like, everything else, it's like, you know, he drives a car. He uh, uh, th- he watches baseball. He goes to the high school. It's just like he is – the vampire stuff is so um, hidden by necessity in the story, right? But it, but it's like it, it, it – it, there's not enough there for it to feel – like fun whimsical stuff when he is talking about like like you know k- killing guys and snapping their necks or whatever it's just like it's not like blade or or something right where it's like it's fucking awesome when blade is just talking about shooting guys or and, and hitting guys with with his katana it's like it's a little different right. here because like blade is just blade 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 exists to be that guy uh. Right. <laughs> this is this is far too grounded in high school yeah. to to pull that sort of thing off. Yeah. Um, so so other than just feeling kind of yucky, it it just also makes him come across as like sort of pathetic. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just has the opposite effect that it's trying to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's too. That's too bad. That's too bad because it's like he is very charming a lot in this chapter like like he when he is talking to bella it it works as soon as you remove him from bella and you're like putting him in front of people that he doesn't like or whatever you just want to like you're like looking for the accents you're like do i need to like make a call like what's going on here right exactly yeah and it's just it also just like really 
is so extraneous that it suffers from that as well. Um, but it is like set in such extreme contrast to how fun the the Bella Edwards stuff is. Yeah, because um, he's just too close. He's just he's just too close to normal. Like the Taming the Beast fantasy, like uh, like not to go to like the most obvious example in the world, but like Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's tons of parts where he acts kind of pathetic in that, right? But, like, yeah. he also turns into, like, a giant dog monster and, like, starts knocking shit over. And, like, there's, a there's like, it's pitiful and, and it's, like, kind of scary, but it's, like, it's also heightened fantasy, right? And, and, and in the same way that, like, when people argue about redemption arcs and they're, like, this character did not deserve a redemption arc because they, you know, they did, they did, like x and y thing that i am treating as if it happened in real life and not in a cartoon right and it's like yeah but like the version of that that you take if you're you're, if you're watching a story is it's like uh like oh i will forgive my roommate for drinking my last pepsi you know what i mean (laughs) like it's (laughs) we're talking about kylo ren aren't we (laughs) i was actually thinking about zuko but but Oh, okay well as soon as as soon as you said the beast like turning into a dog monster and being pathetic and <laughs> busting stuff up i thought of kylo ren uh attacking those consoles or but whatever also, like, kylo ren's a fucking jedi right like, like <laughs> he is a jedi all of the time edward is a vampire 10 percent of the time you know what i mean yeah like, like yeah when you're painting with broad strokes you can do stuff that is like you know not realistic because it doesn't have to be but but if the story is like 90% realistic and only 10% fantastical, so you have a lot smaller of a window to like argue down like, well, it's not real life. It's just complicated. And I wish I, I it, it, it's tough hearing about how fun Edward gets to be in Midnight Sun, but also how much worse he also has to be in some parts of it. Like it, it's, it's real, really swinging. It sounds like, like back and forth. Yeah. Um. When he watches her sleep in this. Fuck! I forgot. You mentioned that earlier. And I forgot. <laughs> See, I forget too because it's just like it, even the book is like, well, we're doing this again. Um. And <laughs> even Edward is like, I know I should feel guilty, but I don't because this is just what we're doing. Um. His like new thing that he's all about is that he's like microdosing her scent so that it doesn't <laughs> doesn't like fuck him up so bad. Oh of course. Oh well that explains it. <laughs> so you will regret your words and deeds oh, part three. Oh my god. So he's protecting her from meteors, spiders, and also microdosing her scent. I don't <laughs> look, I don't ever it's really tough to make anything involving scent sympathetic. I just that is. <laughs> it burns. It burns his throat. Oh. It's so pain. It's so painful. Oh. <laughs> it's so. It's so good that it's painful. Oh my god! Yuck. <laughs> that that is honestly out of. Okay, we've been hearing about Edward watching her sleep for weeks. That is the first thing that has, like, made me actually recoil. (laughs) That is such a nasty description. (laughs) Edward. It burns. Dog, you gotta stop. That's no good. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, burns his throat, but it's but he's microdosing <laughs> it because really for a good cause. I have it's to, for a good I cause. have to smell you. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Christ. For everyone's safety. <laughs> he must he must microdose the scent. <laughs> Yuck, Edward. Okay, well, I was, I, you know, I was, I was going into this episode, going like, you know, I think Edward's gonna make up quite a few boyfriend points this week, but ooh, I don't, maybe, maybe it's gonna be a tougher climb than I thought. Thinking about it, I will say about the meteor thing, there is a part in this that I kind of liked, where Edward sort of ruminates on humans being really fragile, mm-hmm. and it gets really close to feeling intentional that like vampires lose all touch yeah. with like what it means to be mortal yeah. and they're just like holy crap they can die to anything mm-hmm. like constantly so i kind of liked that it it kind of uh made it make more sense yeah. to me not that it's good yeah but that's the but i was yeah. like oh that's cute that's the closest it's gotten to feeling characterful right where it's just like mm-hmm. it, like uh, it, 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 it's the, the the things that would make Edward's behavior more palatable and more fun to read were if he did come across as more overtly inhuman, right? Um, it's just that most of the time he just does come across like a human um, with slightly odd, like, affectations, right? And, and, and if, if he did act, like, 10 degrees more like just like a heightened cartoon v- vampiric and just like did not understand people and did not understand social mores and whatnot is like that, that would make a lot of the stuff a lot softer, I think, but it, it's just, it's not enough. There's not enough of it to make him sniffing her, uh, not just incredibly nasty and scary. <laughs> yeah, the, the sniffing serves nothing. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oof. <laughs> oh all right what else have we got this chapter um we've got the the, i i i've so so like i said i've still got the confrontation or the 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 impending confrontation in my chapter at the end of mine is there anything else in between those two things no i don't think so because they're just having the conversation and then it gets late it gets late and then he he freezes up. He's like, "Uh oh, something bad's happening." And he goes outside. And there's headlights, and and who should be rolling up? But Jacob and Billy, and then also maybe Charlie in the background. But it hasn't hasn't said that just yet. But it's just kind of a maybe in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, really? Yeah. In 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 my book, it's like, yeah, Charlie's coming home soon. They go outside. Jacob gets out of the car and says, "Hi, Bella." Billy doesn't say anything yet, and that's kind of where the chapter ends. Oh, interesting. I do get a little more than that. Um, uh, Edward is, like, reading Jacob's mind um, and Billy's to try to, like, figure out what's going on. Um, And Billy and Edward make eye contact where Billy um, is like, where he's like, oh, it's a cold one or whatever he calls him. Um, And then Edward also reads Jacob's mind and is like, wow, this is a good kid. Um, <laughs> and and Jacob is like admiring Edward's cool car a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. I, so the, that's kind of interesting, though, because Bella does her own little read of um, Billy, which 
Oh. I, I wonder how intentionally it is, like, her starting to, like, pick up Edward's behavior, even though she doesn't, you know, have vampire powers or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But she she sort of, like, stares him down, uh, and 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 Billy, they, they, they sort of have, like, this, this tense uh, stare down as he's getting out of the car. Um, and it says, uh, Billy still stared at me with intense, anxious eyes. I groaned internally. Had Billy recognized Edward so easily? Could he really believe the impossible legends his son had scoffed at? The answer was clear in Billy's eyes. Yes. Yes, he could. Hmm. So she, we get a, we get a little bit of, like, Bella just, just kind of, like, reading the situation here, which is interesting. That is interesting. Um, but that's it. That's the only dialogue I get, other than Jacob saying hi to Bella. Um, no... No, no new confrontations. Um, uh, and it sounds like yours went a little further than that. I mean, Edward just like sees them. Uh, and this is what he, Billy says in his head. What is it doing here? What should I do? But it is like the first time that they are. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would this be the first time they realize the colons are there? Yeah, that seems odd. I thought that they, I thought I I thought uh, Jacob had had intimated that they knew each well because Jacob knows Edward, who who he like he says that there's sort of a rift between their families but like they know each other that's interesting, yeah. Huh. I guess he's just startled. Maybe literally here at Bella's house, which yeah that <laughs> I mean, yeah that yeah, okay that that might be it um because. Because the whole thing is that, like, Edward is, like, kind of staying too long at Bella's house. And she's like, uh-oh, my dad's right, going to get right. home. Um, and so she's, because she's been trying, like, the one thing other than the school conversation in this chapter that's been happening in my book is uh, Bella has been, like, sidestepping all of Charlie's questions about the dance and, like, hiding the fact that she's getting picked up every morning by Edward and so, and so on and so forth. She's been, like, trying to, like, she doesn't want to have that conversation with Charlie um, mm-hmm. there's actually a really great, this, this is kind of semi unrelated, but this is just a really good Bella thought that I, that I liked a lot. Um, I sympathize with him. It must be a hard thing to be a father living in fear that your daughter would meet a boy she liked, but also having to worry if she didn't, how ghastly it would be. I thought shuddering if Charlie had had even the slightest <laughs> inkling of exactly what I did like. Yeah, Bella again, the Bella cynicism coming through, just just roasting fathers here as a concept. Yeah. Um, but I, I really liked that little moment. Um That is very cute. No, not much happens. I mean, so you know, Jacob Jacob and Billy come by and Edward like leaves but hangs out in the treetops to listen mm. in. Uh, but we don't actually get any details about it until Edward goes to the hospital to tell his dad that Billy saw him. Okay. And then Carlisle tells him, your mom's worried about you. He goes back to the vampire house, hangs out with his mom for a little while and plays the piano. Ooh. And I know. And, um, and she's like, don't, don't worry. Like that. Your siblings are being rude for making that Deadpool. But I know it sounds really exciting, but there's just not much there. There's not much to it. I have one important um, question about this, though. Is sure, he playing yeah. his composition? I think that's the implication, okay. but it doesn't say explicitly. Uh, okay. He's just playing the piano. He's playing the piano plaint- plaint- plaintively while 
while he's asking his mom questions, I guess. Yeah, we sat at the piano together and I played as we talked. Okay, okay, so so that's too bad. I want to I wanna know how his composition's coming along. It sounded like it was a real banger at one point. I think he just made it perfect the first time because <laughs> Alice came and did Start some singing. singing. Yeah. <laughs> she just ad-libbed some fucking lyrics to that thing. It's ready to go. Yeah, it doesn't need any workshopping from there. That is actually really funny to think about, that the vampire relationship is tight enough that if one of them starts playing piano, it's not weird if another comes over and just starts belting. Right. Uh, um, but also they're making Deadpools about each other, killing people. Vampires I can't tell. Complex. Yeah, I can't tell what his relationship with his with his uh, siblings is like. It's like <laughs> one one minute they're on like it's not embarrassing to sing in front of each other terms, uh, but uh, on the in the next they're really kind of going for each other's throats here with the with the Deadpool. Yeah. I feel like I'm not giving enough credit to how annoying this scene is with his mom, but I have a really <laughs> hard time, like, pinpointing what is so annoying to me, and mm-hmm. I think it's just, like, I I don't know how else to say it other than, like, this weird, um, like, good Christian family vibe it has. Yeah. Like, she she goes on and on, like, it's, it's this, like, oh, your siblings, they're just goofing around, but you're gonna prove them wrong, but then there's a sort of a side where, um where she sort of gently chides him for keeping Bella from her because she's going to love Bella. And it's like a very, like, I don't know. It's like, I can't wait to be her mother-in-law. Yeah. It also just sounds like there were, your chapter was very, or chapters, I guess, um, were very front loaded with like, the details, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and these, uh, I, I just keep coming back to, it feels like you can really tell what Stephanie Meyer wanted and, and, and enjoyed to write, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because this is the, the, at least on paper, what you're describing is a potentially really good scene, right? I correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Esme is like a pretty popular character, right? People like Edward's mom, like, yeah, but I think that she's sort of a perfect mom archetype. Right. right. It, it, it's just the, the idea of a character sitting and having, you know, a, a, and to be clear, a character, like like a new version of a story where we find out like, oh, this character had a heart to heart with his mom in between these other scenes is like, that's potentially just as juicy as the like Coke or Pepsi scene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of shit you want, like more character interaction stuff. Um but it really sounds like it has much less effort and much less uh, uh, meat on the bone than uh, than the Be- Bella Edward stuff. I mean, let me just read a part of it, and I'm curious yeah. what your impressions will be. Yeah. Um, they're talking about um, uh, the bet that the siblings had. Um, uh, she, I guess, she is thinking things that are dialogue um, that okay. Edward is like reading her mind. Um, but when Jasper and Rosalie lose, I won't be angry if Emmett rubs it in a bit. I doubt he'll disappoint you there, says Edward. Nor will you disappoint me, Edward. Oh, my son, how I love you. When the hard part is over, I'm going to be very happy, you know. I think I will love this girl. I looked at her with raised eyebrows. 
You wouldn't be so cruel as to keep her from me, would you? Now you sound just like Alice. I don't know why you fight her on anything. Easier to embrace the inevitable. I frowned but started playing again. You're right, I said after a moment. I won't hurt her. Of course you won't. Yeah. You're, it's you just, know, it's, it's, a, just, it's a vibe. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's the it's the skeleton of a scene here. Mm-hmm. I I love the idea. The, I mean, like even the staging is cool, right? Like Edward is like sort of like grumpily pl- playing the piano, and and his mom's talking to him and like giving him a little pep talk. Like there there is a scene idea here for sure, but it's it's missing. It's here. Okay, here's the comparison I'm gonna make. It is weird that there is more going on in Bella recalling her trying to explain uh, what a kind of rock smells like to Mm -hmm. Edward in my chapter than a conversation between Edward and his mother has. Right. Like, like I want that, that, that lush, vivid description of, of, Bella espousing the, you know, the, the, what she loves about Arizona has so much more going on than this scene that should be, I think, equally as revealing about Edward, probably, right? Right. Uh, um, uh, a similarly, like, emotionally vulnerable state. Uh, you know, Bella is, Bella is completely love drunk and, and, you know, here's the scene of like Edward having a heart to heart with his mother, and like that 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 should I think have a similar kind of resonance to it, and it just doesn't. Like... Yeah, it's just it comes across as very wooden, and I mean there mm-hmm. are these moments where it's like it's going through the motions of saying, well, really Edward is saying the themes again, which yeah. is probably why it seems so wooden. Um, I think that I can't be human with her. That's the best version is the one that is impossible. Her mm-hmm. eyebrows pulled together. Everything will be all right, Esme. It was so easy for me to lie to her. I was the only one who could ever lie in this house. Yes, it will be. She couldn't be in better hands. I laughed again, but without humor. I would try to prove my mother right. Like, I get it. It's go- yeah. It is going through all the motions, right? Yeah. But something about it just isn't working for me. I wonder if if it really is just that, like... Bella is so close to uh, Stephanie Meyer as a character that it's just, you know, it seems like writing Bella is almost effortless, right? That like, mm-hmm. like, like she, she could write Bella doing anything. She can conjure up any thought, any emotion for Bella with ease because it, it, it feels fairly obvious that Bella is just like rooted in herself as a character. Right. Um, and nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's, really feeling obvious to me that like that that deafness of 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 uh of character description just doesn't extend anywhere beyond bella right like any scene with bella in it you're gonna get that juice um but but i it it sounds like she she has a hard time as a writer maybe stepping out of that comfortable character into another one. You know what I mean? I don't I don't know if that that that's a good description or not, but it's like Yeah, I mean I think it all comes down to how grounded and like specific Bella is at all times. Mm-hmm. And then to just get thrown into this 
scene that is essentially like an idealized mother-son interaction yeah makes it feel really hollow and i i just can't go from bella talking about sour patch kids to this <laughs> it's it's like this the 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 cynicism bella has um and and like sort of the sort of pessimism she has about everything um feels very human and relatable um and uh, I think it makes for for as I, I think one of the biggest surprises I've had reading this book is that for years and years and years and years, everything I always heard was that like Bella is not a character. Bella is this wallflower. Bella is just a vessel. And I really, really strongly disagree with that. I think Bella is a very interesting character. The character, it seems like, is Stephanie Meyer. But like nonetheless, <laughs> like Bella is like a whole character. Very, very much so. Mm -hmm. Um Whereas everything with Edward, I mean, like, you're totally right. Like, the scene with his mom is just stock, right? Like, mm -hmm. she is being perfect comforting mom. He is being angsty boy, right? Like, there, there's none of the same uh, uh, nuance and depth of understanding of, of, of the character's thoughts going on here, it feels like. Right. We're getting a lot of Edward's thoughts, but we're not getting, like important ones you know no i i think this scene has has wattpaditis is what i'll <laughs> right. call it yeah th th this is a scene that, that feels like it understands that there are similar scenes in stories and there should be one here or like one could go here you know what i mean yes that is exactly it yeah it's 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 it, there there the, i have seen versions of this scene many 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 times in different stories um because, you know, th th it's something that really uh, stories often call for, right? But it's just like, it feels a little perfunctory, maybe, and not not given the 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 care that it might have needed to really matter. Yeah, yeah. So I could have done without this side quest. Um, I, <laughs> will, I will take the Angela Ben yeah. one purely because of the weird parallel it draws with the A-plot. But yeah. Um, uh, but this I'm not so much a fan of. Yeah, yeah, this one sounds like a bit of a miss, which is too bad, because, like, I want the vampire stuff to be fun. Like, I, I want the vampire people to have, like, wacky, weird conversations and play eight-boarded chess and stuff. Like, that stuff's cool. I, I want more of that. Yeah, wouldn't you think that the, the like, ancient vampire mother-son duo would have, like, a weird conversation. Have a much weirder relationship, right? Because they're fucking immortal, and yeah. And it's not, like, she is not his mother, right? <laughs> Correct. So, like, yeah, there would be a much more interesting relationship there, surely. Yeah. He calls her mom. Yeah, which, again, like, if a, if, oh, if a story was really exploring, like, vampire family dynamics, right? And, like... Mm -hmm how you know what wh what does it take for a vampire who is not your your mom to be called mom like what how does that relationship develop what do, what connection do these people have like that's fascinating stuff right yeah um and and it just doesn't seem like it's giving paying enough like service to those ideas yeah and i guess that's probably what i mean when i like sort of complain i think i use the phrase good christian family but i guess what i mean <laughs> is like the nuclear family like it yeah. almost feels like that needs to be in place for edward to be good and it doesn't have any interest in interrogating 
those what relationships those... and why yeah. they would be so weird. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, it just has to be that way. Yeah. Um, that just gives me a yucky, yucky feeling. Yeah, it feels uh, like elemental and like essentialist, right? Like this is what a family is like. Yeah, and uh, they are the good vampires, so they have a good family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit the way, it doesn't explore the ideas that it has presented to you satisfactorily, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. That, 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 that sounds like a real, real whiff, a missed opportunity for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else or should we calculate boyfriend points? Oh, it's boyfriend points time. Boyfriend points time. All right. Uh, when we last checked in with Edward, uh, he was sitting at minus 445 boyfriend points. Oof. Uh, but it was a big climb. He, he really made up some ground last week. Um, just reading my notes here, not remembering exactly what all of these were for. Uh, he got plus, uh, plus 10 for staying informed and minus 10 for staying informed through CNN. <laughs> And he got plus 100 for that swaggy move um, when he confirmed their dating. Great. So that was cool. But yeah, minus 445 is where he is starting this week. Um, do you want to start with the positives? What what what, what are you thinking gets him some points uh, this week? I think this is... This one's going to be tough because they really, it really is just one conversation. And how many yeah. points can you get for one conversation? Yeah, that's true. Um... Because I, I guess I guess if you really want to boil it down, it's like the charming thing this week is that he is um, showing interest in Bella, right? Like he's asking her questions and everybody loves to be asked personal questions by their crushes, right? Like that's 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 yeah, like the he goal. D- he delivered a personality quiz to her, like a personalized <laughs> that's one. Right. And like, I can't think of a, a better boyfriend points maneuver than that. <laughs> that i mean that's that's really yeah. up there i think yeah okay well so so th- th- bearing in mind that this is basically like a chapter's worth of positive point here do we maybe start with like a big chunk like so we say like plus 100 for that broadly and then maybe get give and chip away some smaller ones for more specific yeah, stuff I think, I think 100 is totally fair for like the general direction of the conversation yeah yeah he's 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 asking her questions he's asking her interests he's he's trying to make connections with her he's sharing his own likes and stuff yeah he it's it's working he's doing boyfriend stuff here for sure Mm -hmm. so plus 100 um uh being the personality quiz master (laughs) Okay, um, next up. So so that's sort of a broad... Ooh, oh, I just knocked my mic over. <laughs> um, that's sort of a broad uh, 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 one for the whole chapter. But there's there's some more specific stuff, I think, that we should probably take into account. Like, for sure. Where's, where's, where is the Angela thing? Is, is the Angela thing plus or minus? We I can't... Him- I'm not even sure. Is playing matchmaker like a good thing to do if you're a vampire in high school (sighs) yes this is tough um because it's cute i think right and it's it's nice of him it's a nice thought on his part it's something 
that is less insane than the like, oh, I need to buy her a gift or whatever, which like I, I still wish the story did go that direction because the comedy of errors potential there is just huge, right? Like <laughs> amazing stuff could have been happening there. But also there's the there's the small problem of like I don't know about the ethics of like doing mind reading to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little bit of prime directive stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, like if you're a mind reading vampire, you probably just need to let the humans figure out their own shit, right? Yeah, like like it's always fun. Like the there this this is sitcom b plot stuff you know like like it's always fun in the sitcom when when a friend is like trying to set up someone with someone else you know because they overheard it or whatever just naturally right um it just takes on a different flavor when he's like reading her mind trying to like find a present to win her (laughs) to be clear a present to give her because she's nice like one of the weirdest like oh i just want to give you this she is the one this. who is worthy of Bella's friendship <laughs> right like <laughs> i don't yeah not not winning points here i not i don't think but not losing many it's just weird <laughs> it is just weird okay i so going with the prime directive example mm-hmm. i i like that because that takes us to sort of the the real philosophical debate here, which is like, you know, a lot of the captains, they've broken the prime directive to do a good thing. Right. Yeah, they you, have. And do you they, give they sure do. <laughs> do do you do you, would you give them points in, in those situations, you know? Like sometimes, sometimes right? But yeah. what is that based on? Yeah, where where do you draw the line on like when it's good to break the prime directive or not? Um, I guess yeah. if I'm basing it on how funny it is, um, this is pretty funny. This is pretty fucking funny. Like, like, and, uh, like, see, that's, th- that's the flip side of the, like, using vampire powers to do it thing, is he used vampire powers to do something that anyone, uh, basically within earshot of Angela talking to her friends, would, was at risk of overhearing, right? Like, yes. he did, he didn't get her social security number, you know what I mean? Like... Like, it, it, there's there's a little bit of leeway here, because it's like, well, he did read her mind to try and figure out this weird present idea thing, but at the same time, he's not basing this, this like, idea on anything that couldn't have been found out through other means, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, he could have potentially observed it, right? Yeah, In, like, if, he, if they were Facebook friends, he might have figured this out anyway. Uh, on the other hand, to be like, I want to get you a gift, so I'm getting you a boyfriend. That's Ooh, weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's mm. Edward. <laughs> yeah, that's odd. That 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 I think reframes it. Maybe <laughs> it's not like a spontaneous, like out of the goodness of his heart thing. This is this is a little transactional. You know, this <laughs> is yeah. Okay, I'm leaning towards minus now. Yeah. It's a, this is a, it's th- there's some positive in there too, because it's it, funny. Yeah, um, this is this is a letter of the law kind of thing here. Right? You know, I, I, he he needs to be docked a few points, maybe not ton, maybe not tons. Well, this is like a slap on the wrist, right? He is a vampire after all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. maybe like ten points. Yeah, minus ten. I get what he was going for, but minus ten. 
mind reading matchmaker. Yeah. Um, hmm. He was weird about Mike again. Oh, constantly. He was weird about Mike and made it a thing and had to apologize. He did apologize, but he did have to, to apologize, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. We didn't give him... <laughs> we'll get to this watching her sleep thing, but, like, did we... I forget. <laughs> did we give him a minus, like... Just a big block for repeat crime, or repeated did. crimes. We did. We did say like, okay, he's just gonna keep doing this. Okay. So. Okay. So maybe maybe he gets a pass this time because I guess it wasn't doing any new. Well, behavior, but his reason right? sort of changed. Hmm, that's true. Because now they're in a relationship, so now he's just like outright being jealous and protective, right? Like it's not a. I yeah, I think that that does and still isn't like telling her that she he's doing it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's another minus 10 at least. Yeah. You know, I don't think like, we need to take a whole ton since we already kind of dinged him yeah, enough but, for but it. He is, but he is, he is still doing it in slightly, in slightly different ways. He is not learning his lesson about the mic stuff. No. Um, Let's think. What other stuff did he do with Bella? Oh, um, his, 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 his okay. This is something I'm torn on being, like, kind of funny, swaggy, like, maybe boyfriend points, or maybe minus boyfriend points. It's when Bella asks, uh, you know, I want an apology and you to promise to never do that again. And he says, what if I apologize and let you drive next week? And she's hmm. like, okay, I'll take that deal. Like, that's sort of a fun exchange, right? But is he being too weird there? Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with it, too, because it's like the thing with the driving. It's like, is he it feels like it takes away from the sincerity of the apology. Oh, I mean, like, it's literally him not 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 promising that he won't do it again. Right? Oh, right, right, right. But it's like it's kind of funny. Like, it's sort of in like a like this is this is tough because it's like this is sort of like their bit that they have with each other. Yeah, I mean, that's that is their bit. Right. So yeah. it's like he's sort of testing the waters like, oh, are we really like having a conflict over this, mm -hmm. and it's like tur it turned out that they weren't really right. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, like a, like yeah, he yeah the, the, he yes this this was a yeah he's test he's 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 testing the waters he's sort of like towing the line here but like it works for him and I guess I don't know it feels weird to reward that behavior but there's also no denying that like again this is their bit as a couple right like this is how they interact so yeah yeah and maybe if she had been like no this is serious then he would have gotten serious as well okay. so okay okay we can give him some points for that oh it was just like a plus five you know like a, yeah. it's, it's just a funny move um uh smooth smooth non non-promise um <laughs> Let's see. He didn't do any wacky driving stuff this week. In your version of the chapter, um, how is he, how does he take all of Bella's taste stuff? Like, is he really condescending? Is he interested? What, 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 you know, how does he react to all of her answers to his questions about, like, Coke and Pepsi and he, um, gosh, so... A lot of those, like, little ones, like the Coke and Pepsi, it just does the rapid-fire dialogue thing, where he's not really commenting on it. Um, but, for instance, when she lists all the books that she likes, he kind of goes through all the characters um, that he knows from them, and is like, oh, I see a little bit of her in 
Lucy from Narnia and like and, and on and on. So that's kind of like cute. Um, mm-hmm. But mostly I would say his tone is that he is perplexed and he's trying to he's coming from it uh, from a place of sincerity and is like, I really want to figure out every aspect of her and piece this puzzle together. Mm, uh, but he's okay. making no judgments or anything okay. like that. Okay. So I guess it, it really depends on like how how clinical and condescending does that stuff feel or does it feel earnest, you know? No, it's it's very earnest and romantic. Okay. I will give him that. Okay. So yeah, so some plus points there. Just like a plus 10? Yeah, I think so. Plus 10. Uh, good listener. Uh, now we got to get to the, I think, the, the more prickly stuff here. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, watching her sleep, we did give him, like, a permanent, like, like debuff a while yep. back. We gave him, like, oh, minus yeah. 400 or whatever. However, new details have come to light, I feel. This, uh, yeah. This smell thing, the scent thing, this is not, this is no good. He's really struggling with this. The microdosing her scent thing, I feel like, goes beyond the points that we removed for <laughs> watching her sleep. This is this is new levels of creep behavior. Okay, so so, so we have to take it as like new information. Yeah, new evidence has been brought to the court. Yeah, so we're adding on to the minus four hundred, right? So we uh-huh. don't need to take another four hundred, no. but it's like if when we took the four hundred. If we knew then what we know now, what would the right. what would the negative be? It would have been like another like a minus five hundred or something, right? Like yeah. it, it's pretty bad. It's pretty nasty. Like <laughs> <laughs> there, the the more that that Stephanie Meyer keeps insisting that I will be ashamed of my words and deeds, the less I am. The more yeah. vindicated, in fact, I feel. <laughs> yeah, so I so I could totally see another hundred, right? Like I could see the four hundred yeah. becoming a five hundred for this. Yeah, I think I think that has got to be the case here. Um, uh, that's that's just no good. No no sniffing. Don't don't talk about. Look, Edward, it's fine if that's your thing, but you can't be, you can't be like just just get getting getting a whiff of Bella like with without her knowledge that's just nasty you can't be doing that man that's no <laughs> negative no negative this is points. way worse than the meteor thing yeah the meteor thing there was like at least a weird sense of innocence to it right there that that's out the window here no no <laughs> innocence whatsoever here he is being a nasty guy this is no yep. good inappropriate Edward. unfortunate yeah um and then um I guess the last order of business is his reaction to like the Deadpool stuff. He's so he's so gross here. Like it's just he should never be on his own. Like he uh, he would have boyfriend points to the roof if we were just reading Twilight only. Yo, that that's how I felt reading this chapter. Like like he he really was knocking it out of the park this week in mine. But but Midnight Sun is really dragging him yeah, down. Yeah, it is. Um, no, I want to I want to knock like. To hold like twenty points, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Minus minus twenty for more more killer behavior. You know, like mm-hmm. dark uh, triad stuff. More more weird dark triad stuff. Where does <laughs> where does microdosing smells go on the dark triad? I feel oh, like it's that on g- there. <laughs> 
Yeah, that that that's <laughs> no good, Edward. Um, does he? Does it, I guess one one last uh, uh, life vest opportunity for him here. Um, is there anything he says in the conversation with with his mom, quote unquote, that like, you know? It's just so <laughs> stock, but I guess he's being not like he's just like I love Bella. Okay. You know? So that's okay. nice, I guess. He's telling his mom that he loves her. That's you know, he's being open with his feelings. That's something, right? Yeah, until he stops being open with his feelings. But that's yeah. true. That's true. It's like I don't know, like a plus ten. Yeah, he played. The, he was just playing the piano, you know, plus hanging out with his mom. Ten, that's ten points. Yeah, yeah, plus ten. Spending some time with his mother. Okay. Um, any other any other dark horses here, or shall we calculate? Let's calculate. Okay. Um. So he did get plus one hundred, and then immediately lost it again. Damn so it! Immediately canceled out. So that uh, we'll pass that. We've got minus ten. Minus ten plus ten plus five plus ten minus twenty. Ooh, okay, not much movement, but still downward movement. Uh, Edward is now at negative four hundred and sixty. Hmm. Um, so only you know he's only down fifteen points uh, since last week, but nonetheless he's yeah kind of kind of treading water here. Um, I thought um, this was gonna be gonna be a big week for him it really could have been but then he had to go and microdose her scent you know just (laughs) really it's not good really losing (laughs) really losing me here edward after you were so charming for most of the chapter Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right well we can't stay too mad at him hopefully he'll recoup some more points next week um Shall we take a break now? Sounds good. <laughs> Come back with a little cut content. Mm. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is a very special third segment. This is the first time that we are going to be able to dive into some of the cut content from Twilight. It's exciting. Yeah. uh, Stephanie Meyer's website has a whole bunch of um, outtakes for all the books. Um, There's some that I'm very excited to get to in this book. There's like a whole shopping with the girls chapter that I guess (laughs) got, got cut for like chapter 20. Um, and there's like a whole prom scene as well that got replaced. Um, but this is a cut version of the scene where they play badminton with Mike. Wonderful. Um, which I, 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 I've not read this whole thing, but I'm just delighted that like this, this exists. I, I, I love seeing this sort of like author process stuff for something like Twilight, which. Mm-hmm. Twilight having cut content, I mean, like, everything does, right? But, like, Twilight is such a, like, maximalist book. It is so long and, like, right. there's so much happening in it that I'm, I'm, um, I'm delighted that there, that there's anything that was, like, deemed, like, well, I don't need this in there, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in these books. Um, 
I can send this to you. Uh, shall I read this, or would you like to read uh, this little this little excerpt? Oh, you can go ahead and read this to me. I will enjoy okay. some story time. Hell yeah. Okay. So there's a little introduction here from Stephanie Meyer. Uh, this scene was clipped from Chapter 11, Complications. It bugged me to remove it, but I couldn't put my finger on why that was, so I let it go. When it was too late to put it back, I finally realized what was bothering me. Though I refer to Bella's clumsiness in Jim several times, I rarely show it in action. This was the one time that Edward was, quote, watching, and thus the natural place to showcase that clumsiness. Haha, -ha, and now my explanation is almost longer than the outtake. <laughs> so cute this is really cute and it actually kind of is addressing something that we talked about yeah um which is that bella bella does mention that she has balance issues but only after like several chapters of it just like dropping that she was like falling over or or tripping or like getting dizzy and and I, I think we even asked like is she okay and then we actually got to that explanation we're like oh, okay that makes sense yeah yeah um but here we go this is this is a, a cut scene from the chapter we read this week uh the badminton scene i walked into the gym lightheaded wobbly I drifted to the locker room, changing in a trance-like state, only vaguely aware that there were other people surrounding me. Okay, right off the bat, I know exactly where this is cut from because I actually did notice that there's a weird jump in my scene after she talks to Mike. Or like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's huh. when, where she mentions um, getting changed again. And, like, just through the process of elimination, I understood that, like, this means that she got changed for gym class. But, like, it, it, there's, it, there's, like, a lingering again or something there. I was like, oh, huh, that's uh, something, something got cut here. That's funny because I know we've talked about how, I, I don't know what I called it. I was, I think I said that it feels like this novel was, like, written as if it were in real time. Yes. So it's funny that, like, you would notice a cut like that because it's almost like the necessary in between was was <laughs> taken out. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, th this is this chapter. We talked a little bit about how how it it, it improved because all of the um, the school scenery stuff kind of felt like background. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's funny because th this scene absolutely. Like if it had been there, I think would have made it feel less like that. You know, it, yeah. like we were skipping around a lot more this chapter than we normally do. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. Reality didn't fully set in until I was handed a racket. It wasn't very heavy, but it felt very unsafe in my hand. I could see a few of the other kids in class eyeing me furtively. Coach Clap ordered us to pin up, pair up into teams. Mercifully, some vestiges of Mike's chivalry still survived. He came to stand beside me. Do you want to be a team? He asked cheerfully. Thanks, Mike. You don't have to do this, you know, I grimaced. Don't worry, I'll keep out of your way, he grinned. Sometimes it was so easy to be fond of Mike. Um, that was a line that made it in still. Oh. Um, but in regards to just him being friendly when he first walks over. Huh. Um, 
It didn't go smoothly. I tried to stay clear of Mike so that he could keep the birdie in play, but Coach Clapp came by and ordered him to remain on his side of the court so I could participate. He stayed, watching, to enforce his words. With a sigh, I stepped into a more central place on the court, holding my racket upright, if still gingerly. The girl on the other team sneered maliciously as she served the birdie. I must have injured her during the basketball section. <laughs> We're getting so much lore about Bella's clumsiness here. Um, lobbing it just a few feet past the net directly toward me, I sprung gracelessly forward, aiming my swing in the direction of the little rubber pest, but I forgot to take the net into account. My racket bounced back from the net with surprising strength, popping out of my hand and glancing off my forehead before whacking Mike in the shoulder as he rushed forward to get the birdie I had completely missed. I got some of that completely word for word in Edward's mind reading. Oh, Just really? the part about the racket bouncing back from the net and popping out of her hand and, and hitting her forehead and hitting Mike. That is very interesting. Isn't I it? Guess, yeah, because I guess she does say that she, you know, she didn't want to cut this part. Um, it's it's kind of cute that she got a place to put it, you yeah. know? Like, that's neat. This has been just sitting there for like 15 years. Uh-huh. Um, and she, she got to use it finally. Um, Coach Clapp coughed or muffled a laugh. Sorry, Newton, he mumbled, ambling away so we could return to our former, less dangerous positions. Are you okay? Mike asked, massaging his shoulder just as I was rubbing my forehead. Yeah, are you? I asked meekly, retrieving my weapon. I think I'll make it. He swung his arm around in a circle, making sure he still had the full range of motion. I'll just stay here. I walked back to the to the back corner of the court, holding my racket carefully behind my back. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> yeah, I... a lot of this ended up in Midnight Sun, not it, that part almost word for word, like that one sentence, mm-hmm. but it at least is a little bit more play by play in in Midnight Sun. So that is very interesting. That is interesting. I, I've got to say, I kind of wish this was in here. Not for any of the sports and like 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 uh, showing Bella being clumsy stuff, but I think that this makes the Mike stuff feel a little less jarring. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really get get into this in the chapter discussion, but if there was one thing that sort of stuck out in um, uh, uh, my chapter is as kind of like. It, it kind of kind of weird is that Mike goes from like zero to a hundred on on the um <laughs> on the like asking about Edward thing right and 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 I can totally believe him going zero to a hundred because you know teen 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 boys would absolutely do that but the part that's weird is that Bella um is like right along with him there where. He walks over, I get a version of the line where she says, uh, it, you know, he, it, it made him, it, he, he made himself so easy to like or whatever, and she's, like, really charmed by him. And then uh, he switches and she switches, and it just feels like there was a scene in between where things kind of gradually moved forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Huh. That's very, yeah. 
I still am stuck on this, like, feeling like it's all in real time, but it's, like, stuff yeah. that gets cut out. It's, like, you ha- I assume you have to consider, like, what am I what am I losing by taking this out and kind of forming the other stuff around it? But it almost just feels like it was just lifted and everything stayed the same. Yeah. It, 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 like, normally when stuff is cut, it's because it's extraneous and you wouldn't notice it being cut, right? Um but even before I realized that this week had the first like outtake to read, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 there was it did feel like there was a jump there with the, with mm-hmm. both with the like the speed with which with which the mic conversation turns and the way that um, Bella refers to changing again, even though she hadn't talked about changing before, you right. know, like yeah. Like there's there's vestiges there. It's like it 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 feels a lot more because the book has felt so like written in real time previously. You can really tell when something's missing. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the theme of um, my book having weird specifics added, the mm, girl yeah. who um, is playing against them the other team that is sneering maliciously. Oh yeah. Um in Midnight Sun that girl is named and her name is Jennifer Ford. Jennifer Ford. Mhm. Is she does she ever show up again? Is that like That's a That's the first I've seen that name. Mm. I think it is interesting that this I'm like this was cut from Twilight put a little in some form back in Midnight Sun, but has followed the trend that Midnight Sun has had generally in this chapter of just adding details. So, but <laughs> just, to add details to cut content is yeah. very funny. Yeah, just because it because it doesn't really matter who this girl is at all. Uh, I want to look this up. Like it probably should have been Lauren. Yeah, yeah, Lauren or Jessica, right? Like, uh, okay, Twilight. Uh, what was it? Uh, Jennifer Ford. Jennifer Ford. Does this character show up ever again? She's a student who goes to Forks High School. She has only been mentioned in Midnight Sun. (laughs) She participates in gym class with Mike Newton and Bella. On one occasion, she purposefully hits Bella's forehead with a badminton. Well, excuse me. It's the shuttlecock. It's the shuttlecock. Uh, Edward is able to watch the scene through Mike's thoughts. <laughs> Species, yep. human, gender, female, affiliation, student of High Sports High School. Yep. Oh, there are comments. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best to describe this comment for the audience, but I need to show you this one for, okay, okay. for the full effect here. <laughs> I, period, think, period, the volleyball was, period, close to Bella Swan's face. And then a reply, in, period, Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Comment from January of this year. (laughs) And just like that, Jennifer has become one of my favorite characters. You go, girl. What? (laughs) What? I think this is the other the same person again because there's another comment which with with periods between every word which one is Jennifer in Twilight of the volleyball team. If they're not playing volleyball, they're playing badminton. <laughs> <laughs> 
is incredible. Who are these people? There's, there's another one here, which comment that says, uh, haha, she smacked Bella in the face. Team Jennifer. And then someone responded with a gif of, I can't quite tell who this is. It's someone wearing a cowboy hat. That says, are, yes, please. Are there, like, a bunch of Twilight likers that hate Bella? Because I don't understand how, how, how these people read Midnight Sun. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I, I guess they were really stoked about Midnight Sun because it's, you know, no, like, no, no Bella? Like, it's, uh, I mean, that would be weird, right? Like, that's... <laughs> That, that's yes that would be weird reading twilight and hating bella like I've, I've heard of people like watching shows where they don't love the main character uh but this is that that feels like if you don't like bella you just read something else right like i'm just geez. saying jennifer ford is one sentence in this book <laughs> she did and it hurt says jennifer the <laughs> Jennifer Ford served the birdie directly toward Bella with a smug twist to her thoughts. That's it. <laughs> so between the two, between two books, and it's not even the two books, it's between Midnight Sun and an outtake of Twilight that got refined into the <laughs> sentence in Midnight Sun. There is a small but thriving fandom for Jessica. Or Jennifer, sorry. Jennifer. Jen Jennifer. Uh, someone, someone commenting as the real Bella Cullen says she did, and it hurt. She a little bit of role play. Hurt. A little bit of role play on here. Wait, uh, but this comment's from 2010. This must have been in the leaked one, right? Oh. Like, the leaked Midnight Sun? When did, when did Midnight Sun originally leak? It was pretty early, right? Like. I think so. Wait, there's like, I'm sorry, I googled this. There's, like, fan casting for this character. What? Yeah, what the fan casting? Bridget Satterley is Jennifer Ford in Twilight. Oh, they're, oh my god, have you heard of my cast? Uh, maybe? This is a whole website dedicated to fan casting. Here I've we fucking go. Yeah, now we're fucking talking. All right. Uh, we've got... Bridget Satterley, never heard of her, but uh, as Jennifer Ford in Twilight. And there's like this big button in the middle. Do you agree? Yes or no? Join the conversation. Ah. Wow, this website. Holy fuck, there's so many suggestions for Jennifer Ford. Are there people who like didn't like the Twilight movie? Because there's like, no, I needed to see Jennifer Ford and did not. There's so many here. Emily Rudd, Alex Hook. This is my new favorite website. This fucking rocks. Okay, I'm clearing my calendar. We got to look some stuff up on it. Well, okay, number one with a bullet here. We've got to look up uh, Maximum Ride on here, right? Oh my god, yes. Maximum Ride. Story with 14 roles. Fan casting. Well, and I, I know that Maximum Ride fans really do not like the movie. Yeah. And they especially, so like the heartthrob character Fang, they did not cast someone who like 
looks like Fang is described in the book with long black emo hair. So people are like really mad about that. Yeah. Okay. So I found one there. there, It looks like there's a few fan casts here. Okay. Uh, Top suggestion. out. Oh my God. There's so many for. So for, for max for maximum max ride. Yeah. Number one on the vote is uh, Kiernan Shipka. Uh, who you might, I, I believe she's, uh, uh, what's n- not Riverdale. She's what, what's the other Riverdale? The, well, I, I sound so stupid. What's the, what's the, um, it's not Nancy Drew, Karen and Shipka, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina. Yes. She is. She is the current Sabrina. Okay. Okay. Uh, agree. Uh, for Max. Uh, okay, so, so we well, got you Dakota can vote. Fanning in here. Yeah. But here's the problem is that I'm not going to have a whole lot of celebrity overlap with the users of the MyCast.io website. Is what I'm, <laughs> feeling, <laughs> what I'm feeling like. A, I mean, my celebrity knowledge is very, very low. Yeah, there's a few I reckon. I mean, we've got we've got both Dakota and Elle Fanning. I could see that. Uh, we've got uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, I guess. Millie Bobby Brown, <laughs> Billy Eilish for the main <laughs> character of Maximum yeah, Ride. Sure, why not? Uh, only one yes vote. Eight no votes on that one. I'll vote yes to that. Uh, yeah. Well, so here's the I thing. Lo- of course, I have to sign up. The internet is ruined. <laughs> Let me vote. <laughs> Kiernan Shipka is number one, but she's uh, so it looks like they do it. They split it by like. raw percentage because there's other people with more votes here but kiernan is three to one Uh so you could if you in fact if one of us and i have no idea who this person is but peyton list is in the same is tied with kiernan shipka here Uh uh-huh if if one of us was to was to log in and vote yes for peyton list we could upend the whole apple cart here that's we could um, I might want to submit some of my own, though. That's a, who, who, who are you thinking? Who? I'm not sure. I have to think about this. Um, please, please go back to the main page and click on, um, the gas man. And I want you to look at all these celebs. While, the gas man. And, uh, with the knowledge that this character is called the gas man, the ga- uh, because he farts a lot. <laughs> Oh, this is really important casting. You need someone who can <laughs> who can convincingly fart a lot, I guess. Get this. He's a kid. He farts a lot and he's got angel wings. Okay, wow. Amazing character. I'm I'm shocked. Ryan Buggle. <laughs> I am shocked personally that uh for Lofton Shaw so so fan casting for Fang. Yep. Um, who is like, he's the heartthrob you were talking about. Yep. Um, Lofton Shaw, four to zero, running away with the votes here. Yep. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, I'm, voting, one I'm to... voting for Timothy Chalamet, 100%. Right. Yeah, but he he's he's really at the bottom here. He's got one yes and four no's. <laughs> who, who the fuck is Jace Norman? That's... That's not a real know. name. That's not a real name. I don't know Jace any of these Norman. People. This is like the fucking like teen roasts edit where it's like <laughs> Kerb's Lurb and all the fake 
streamer names to me. <laughs> Griffin Gluck? <laughs> Who the fuck is Griffin Gluck? <laughs> Griffin Gluck cannot be cannot be Fang. Yeah, just on principle. So. Come on. <laughs> my cast. Oh, this is so juicy. Oh my god. Uh there's another maximum ride one. Oh, it's <laughs> it looks like when you create one if you like spell it differently or put choose like a different profile picture for it, it like makes it a separate story. So there's three oh. maximum rides on here. Uh one of them has no castings yet. And one of them has maximum ride lowercase r, and they've only cast one person in the lead roles. Sonia O'Hara as Max Ride. Um, <laughs> I've, this is this is the best discovery we've made in a fucking while. Here, this is great. Definitely. All right, what's what's one more thing we can look up on my cast? Ah. Uh. Maximum ride, Suli, or or uh, what? Are, what are some other books? Other books, or or Gosh. even things that exist that people are doing like new fan cast. Like like, uh, fuck that! I've got a better cast idea for that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm trying to get more contemporary in my in my mind right now. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a really easy one. I'm just gonna search Star Wars on here. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you can make up whatever you want on here. You you are not limited to like existing media properties. Great. So so there is one here that is Star Wars um just a Star Wars recast. Like if you were remaking Star Wars, who would you have be be in in those roles? Mm -hmm. Um but there is also uh Star Wars Ultimate Video Game. <laughs> Which I guess I do want to make Star Wars Ultimate Video Game if fan there cast. There's a Star Wars game with a lot of characters. Okay, well they've <laughs> they've got the right idea here, I guess. Hayden Christensen they want back as Anakin Skywalker. Absolutely. Um the same. Okay, they have they have just mostly casted the people who are still alive who could do the voices for the characters. So that that's confusing. But they've also, like, chosen some new ones. They want Wayne Knight to voice Jack Porkins, which is the guy who blows up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> in, in A New Han, Hope. Han I don't think Solo, he... parentheses old. <laughs> they want Harrison Ford for that. <laughs> He he can play that role for sure. <laughs> um, Jedi youngling number five. Of course, you've got to get Catherine Tabor for that voice. This want, other one, the like full recast, they want to cast Robert Pattinson as Count Dooku. Why? Ooh, hold or, the phone. Or Jeremy Irons or Charles Dance. Okay, Charles Dance. Yeah, I could see that. Charles Dance sure. could do you could do that, but but like <laughs> the idea of like re like we're gonna redo the prequels. We're gonna redo <laughs> the whole Star Wars. I mean, like I'm, I'm sure some people would love that, but like holy fuck! <laughs> oh my god, this is this is a bounty. I had no idea this website existed. This is great.
Oh, they, they, I would just like you to know that um, in Star Wars Ultimate Video Game, they have selected voices for every every single pod racer. Oh, good. We've got we've got Fode, we've got Bead, we've got Odie Mandrell, we've got Ben Quadneros, we've got Dud Bolt, Gasgano, Aldar Beto. We've got all the fucking pod racers here. Perfect. Mahonic, Bulls Roar. This no stone left unturned. All the pod racers are back. Who is Toto 360? Toto 3 like 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 Toto or like the dog from Toto 360 Toto. Cad Bane's techno service droid. Oh yeah, Cad yes, Cad Bane the bounty hunter from Clone Wars has a little robot. I didn't well, realize. Well, in the recast, um Toto 360 will be voiced by Seth Green. <laughs> I don't I remember this I look I'm looking at pictures I remember I remember Toto I didn't remember that Toto had a voice. Oh, he is actually already voiced by Seth Green. Oh, great. Bringing him back. Well, I mean, after he had his 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 ape stolen, you know, for <laughs> he can't right, make a sitcom yeah. anymore. Uh, don't worry the the role of Toto 360 in all Star Wars Ultimate Video Game is waiting in the wings. Excellent. Um, there's there's one for fan casting for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic here. Um, uh huh. They have uh, chosen not just the cast but the uh, director. Oh, great! Uh, and uh, they want they want Denis Villeneuve to direct that. They want the Blade Runner twenty forty nine guy to do. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who did Dune. Oh, we want Clint Eastwood to voice to be to play Sunry. This is the ultimate video you be- game. Better get on that quick. Clint Eastwood is like <laughs> ninety three years old. We didn't put Dune on hold. We we, we we gotta get him in there as Sunry. Oh my god, this is okay. I could spend fucking all evening on here, but. We should probably save this for later. Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can find them on Bandcamp, and you can find us at patreon.com slash streetcast. Liz, what are we reading next week? Oh, good question. We are reading the next chapter of Twilight, which is uh, certainly chapter... 14 for me and 13, 13 for, for me uh 12 for me actually 12 for you oh yeah. i did get a couple um another extra one yeah uh a ways back so uh mine is called closer okay uh mine is called uh balancing oh well, mine starts with the sentence, it was peaceful in Bella's room tonight, so oh, God I'm in damn. for it. Oh, Edward. I'm in for it. <laughs> Edward is getting a big sniff right off the bat. Yep, yep. All right. Well, regardless of how excited you are to read all about that, please read another book. Please read another book. Dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean rolls seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a ride. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise